Hello, everybody, and welcome back to VestalProds.com, comic book podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dead. Joining me today, we got Birdie. Please come back, Jason Aaron. We love you. And Nico. My computer is currently on fire at the moment, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to keep going. Yeah, we got technical issues. We got all kinds of shit going wrong. Uh, maybe even a delay it, here. Who, know, who knows? This shit is all up in the air. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, welcome back to the Comics Podcast. Um, today, we are doing, for lack of a better term, an intervention. Yeah. Because uh, at time of recording on July 14th, 2021, uh, we are coming hot off the heels of two big things. One of them infinitely more tragic than the other, which makes this book, which makes this specific thing that we're doing a little bit awkward and a little bit necessary. So the first one is Jason Aaron. Jason Aaron is a comic book writer who... We have all had a fond, we have all had some fondness for until he started writing the Avengers. Jason Aaron has written many, many good books, but for whatever reason, his Avengers run is every wrong decision he could make almost, especially when it comes to the character of She-Hulk. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just baffling the decisions he keeps making. It is so bizarre to see. Like, in, like, Indico could vouch for this. Like, I'm not, I, like, I don't like the book, but I'm, I, I'm not mad at Aaron. I'm just confused. I keep cutting. Like, well, why did this happen? <laughs> well, you know, every, every writer has stuff that they've done that. Even as one of their biggest fans, you, you you know you can say you know what that that run wasn't their strongest, but like the extent that he's go the extent that he's gone to during his Avengers run is just baffling to the point where it's like either he's trolling us as readers or just like I don't even know how to explain it. Like we're, we're I'm, I've continued to read it. Uh, you know, while hating it, just because I I I've give I want to give so much you know what I mean so much leeway to this because I he's if not my favorite one of my favorite writers in comics, but yet I I just don't understand where he's coming from with this Avengers run. Like yeah, it, it it's is baffling. It's like watching a train wreck. Just you need to look away, <laughs> yeah. but like you just can't. And so yeah, w- with. We didn't want to just sit here and go, hey, Jason Aaron, you fucking suck. Avengers is dog shit. Here's why. We wanted to celebrate the good work of this man. We wanted to bring him into a circle of love, show him that he does do good work, and we love his work when it's good. And we want him to come back from whatever brain parasite seems to have infected him whenever he hears the word Avengers. Yeah. (laughs) So, out of everything that he wrote, uh, we decided to go with Scalped, which is yeah. which is a oddly appropriate choice, given that over the last month or so, there have been multiple findings, within Canada at least, of mass graves of children who were killed in residential schools. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the long, the never-ending cultural nightmare in North America 
the treatment of natives. It really just everywhere. Yeah. But it it just seems to be more publicly acknowledged in North America than in other places, I guess, because of the culture right. we have in this continent. Oh, I'm glad Deadman mentioned this because uh, two things in that regard. One, when we kind of put the list together of possible error and things that I threw this out there, that's, that's, this was prior to the more recent news of within Canada and obviously that there's been issues there for a long time. It's just like now it's just kind of, you know, because of some recent findings is at the forefront uh, at the moment. Yeah. Uh, but I, you know, threw that out there without with more so just thinking of it as this is something I've read by him that I've enjoyed that I haven't read in a long time. You guys both said you had not read this before, I believe. Um, so yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was the main reason. I took this as a good chance to read it. Because, like, the thing with Wolverine and the X-Men is that Wolverine and the X-Men, we we all like, but it's kind of hard to disconnect that story from other crap that's going on in the rest of the universe. Like, at some point, I need to... Like, Dead, please tell me I don't have to read the Wolverine and the X-Men stories that tie into fucking AVX. You do not. Please tell me I don't need to read those. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Unless you, the folks at home, want to pay us $10 on Streamlabs through streamlabs.com prods in order to ask us to do an AVX issue, an, AV, an AVX episode of this show, then I will not make you do it. Yeah, because like AVX is bad, and it's not the fun kind of bad, so everything I... Right. Yeah, so... Um, but yeah, the other thing I was going to say is, like, I'm glad you said that also, just acknowledging that fact that this is happening currently, because even me reading this, well, my feelings towards that, because it had, you know, they haven't really been focusing on that side of things as much in this story so far, because it's kind of more of a crime story within the actual reservation itself. Yeah, it's a- uh, it, They do acknowledge that there's been there's been issues with their people, and, 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 and there is characters in this that represent that side of things as well right yeah. so I, and anyways hey, I, so but yeah that's if you I, want like a concentrated version of this story with similar levels of like uh gruesome depression but with a certain degree of like uh casual vengeance uh watch the movie wind river with jeremy renner because uh, i don't know if either of you are familiar with that movie but um uh, the premise of it is essentially that Jeremy Renner is the uh, husband of a woman on an Indian uh, reservation who is called in to help the white lady from the FBI called in to help with a missing person slash murder case on Indian lands. And it turns out that a bunch of white men uh, tried to rape an Indian lady and chased her across the frozen tundra to the point where her, she died from her lungs exploding from the cold. Yeah. That is actually so. There's another thing um, that actually uh, there is a. It's like a couple years ago. Um, let me actually see. Yeah, 2013. Uh, there was a multimedia project released by Jeff Lemire and yeah, uh, and uh, Gord Downey of uh, the Tragically Hip. Um, yeah, called, Secret Path. Yeah, called Secret Path, which was a concept album and graphic novel as well as I believe a television film about uh, Cheney Wenjek I believe is how you pronounce the name sorry if I mispronounced that um, a young boy from the Martin Falls First Nation who tried to escape from a residential school and 
uh, died due to mm-hmm. hypothermia in 1966. Yeah, I, I own that book. I mean, I got it based on, uh, more so because of uh, I'm a fan of Jeff Lemire, but I, I can't speak to uh, um, they, 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 it came separately. You could buy it with a story, but it was more supposed to be uh, read and or looked through while actually listening to Gord Downey's uh, the album, which was I think also titled Secret Path as well at that time. Which yeah. this was a big cause that he was well, uh, that's, uh, 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 for, right? You finished it all. No, I, I, don't I, I was just and uh, you know we should preface this conversation by. I, uh, you know, that's a good point that did mention that if you do want to educate yourself more about this situation that's been covered more so or at least brought to light more so because you can tell this book was done some time ago and this is basically talking about this same kind of stuff uh, read this book like this book or listen to that album because that that's 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 it's very good st- stuff to, in terms of educating yeah. yourself on I mean on on, on this well, kind of thing uh, yeah so yeah that's that sounds like a better that sounds like a better way to integrate comic books with concept albums than something like say dc's overpriced uh dark knight's metal album yeah or whatever that one uh or that one gerard way project was yeah but yeah uh oh yeah i know what you're talking about the uh fabulous killjoys yeah you're talking about yeah, yeah. So, so yeah just content warning uh for people who don't like um hearing about uh depressingly awful situations featuring people being fucked over essentially just by life and society. Uh, there's a lot of that in this book. Yes, there so, is. So, well, like, well, I will just say, and I think I can speak for all of us when I say this, that this book is very good. I, uh, I enjoyed it. It is, it is very okay. weird to me though. All right. Like, well, th- there, are aspects I, of, there are aspects of it that we'll get into, which I no. just find really incongruous with the tone they're going for. Okay. Well, mm, so some okay. of that's just Jason Aaron stuff, but but if you are okay with the idea of dealing with essentially a bunch of people dealing with a miserable experience, but it's a well-told story, then by all means read this. If not, you might want to stay away. Yeah. And actually, just last thing with the like whole residential school situation, it is I entirely unrelated to my reading of this book. I went I had a dentist appointment. I ended up, we ended up somehow getting on with like the dental assistant talking to them about, we ended up getting on this topic of like the residential schools and Mm. it was very, it was very interesting because they assumed that the residential, residential school shit was only a BC problem. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like we, like we, like we talked to them, we talked about like the schools and it's like, oh yeah, like they did a lot of that shit at West, didn't they? I was like, no, it was all right. of Canada. Ontario, Saskatchewan, uh, what's the one? Uh, Manitoba, large what? parts of the American West. I don't know about the Mexico, but they probably did something similar. Oh, probably. And here's and here's the thing. There's clearly a lot of people where we're ignorant to this prior to now, or or you know maybe just ignoring that. Uh, but you know the important thing is, I think, in, in, at this time, is to educate yourself about these things if yeah. you're not aware of this stuff. Uh, because I know a lot of people that that truly I felt uh, that were being genuine when they were saying that they didn't know about this, they didn't got, get taught this in school. Like you sure. know what I mean? Like yeah. they so oh, like yeah, like you know so yeah. So like, I think I, that, I that's the most know. important thing is not a yeah. 
Yeah, you know. I, I don't know if this was like the same thing with you, Nico. Like we're both we're both Canadian, but we are in very different parts of Canada despite being in the same province. Sure. And like when I was like I learned about residential schools once. It was like mm-hmm. it was like two classes in fourth and like seventh grade, and then never again or before. Mm-hmm. We watched like we we had like one we had like one class which was hey here is what residential schools were and what they did and then here is a movie about and here's a movie set in a residential school and then we never then we never talk about it again. I don't know right. if like I don't know if like you had more yeah. like education on residential schools uh, up where you are. Uh huh. No. I mean, I wouldn't necessarily say say so either, but I also. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like, again, just by a lot of history, if you were to sit here and think that there wasn't some wrongdoing of things that happened in order to obtain land, then you know what I mean? Like oh, it's, yeah. it's at some point in many places or you know what I mean? Like it's it's more I'm coming from it more from that standpoint. But I, absolutely, though, I um, uh, I I didn't probably know the extent of it either. My first brought not I don't know if it's my first exposure to it, but I, I did learn a lot about this specific thing with the children from that secret path thing that came out. Uh, many years ago now but but then when it that's why when it came up kind of again recently i was like oh yeah i'm like i recall uh reading that book at that time it kind of was dealing with this same very thing that they were trying to bring to light to educate people more on it at, at that time and and all of that kind of stuff right so like it's but i agree with you yeah no i don't think they taught this um as many places do it <laughs> you know what i mean because they yeah. they don't want to talk about this kind of stuff right so yeah so yeah no absolutely yeah, so um yeah, so you know, with all that being said, <laughs> because yeah. this is this does take place on a uh, a, a reservation uh, in this story, yeah. right? It's uh yeah, it's yeah. it's worth noting. So with that, let us now dive into a series that the pitch the log line for is The Sopranos on the Res. Yeah. Uh so this is oh, Go ahead. Yeah. All right, well, I was just gonna say it's very HBO like. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, actually, actually, that, that was the thing I wanted. In a to sense, ma- I could. I, I, yeah, it was a thing I wanted to mention. Um, I don't know if it's just because like it's crime on reservation, but it felt similar to me. Did you, you guys ever watch the show Banshee? No, oh, I've heard. Yeah, I've heard great things about I it. Heard it I heard it goes bit more batshit insane the further you go into it, but a uh, little bit, but like it. It has a similar vibe, like in terms of in terms of like, hey, new cop in town, he's a piece of shit, and you know the na- you know the native stuff. But with within within Banshee, it I'm not, I'm not, it well, just, I mean, isn't the premise of Banshee that like the 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 sheriff is killed en route to the town, so a bad guy who wants to harass his ex essentially assumes the role of the sheriff and his identity so he can harass the woman further. Uh, and then just have to keep doing cop stuff as well. I guess I guess technically he is harassing her, but the goal isn't in his mind, yes, I want to make this woman's life hell. It was he got out of prison after 15 years and went to go find the person, went to go find this person, and then, oh, she's fucking married. Well, I need, well, I need, yeah, to, stick, and, well, I need to stick around and see this shit. Oh, hey, a cop got murdered next to me. Yeah, well, but at that point, like, if you know the woman's married, if you were not a prick, you 
would leave her alone. So if, if you weren't a prick, you wouldn't around her after that. If you weren't a prick, you wouldn't have been in jail for fifteen years. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've always uh, I've always thought of this uh, as an elevator pitch for this story more so as like the um, like the walking tall thing like the movie like basically somebody coming back to a place that where he where he was from and uh, you know what I mean like and 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 Jason Aaron has kind of done this again later down the road uh, more recently in Southern Bastards just from the South perspective yeah similarly right but in that it kind of took a way different turn than it does the in this right and this Bastards is an undercover is that, cop like, yeah it, it takes a lot longer in this than in Southern Bastards for the bad guys to start getting their comeuppance because I read the rest of this after I read the stuff that we're going to talk about and a lot of the, it, it feels like, and this is not a problem affecting the issues we're going to talk about, but I feel like a lot of the middle of um, Scout gets repetitive because Aaron doesn't want to pull the trigger on doing obviously what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So it, I, I kind of knew by the end of the issues that we were going to talk about, which is only a fifth of the story, where this was going, and it took another 40 issues to get to that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, and t- yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so another actually interesting thing about this book is that it actually uh, it is partially inspired by a it is a it is partly inspired by a real life thing that happened uh, with a man mm-hmm. by the name of um, Leonard Peltier Peltier mm-hmm. probably because he's French descent, uh, a Native American um, activist who was arrested for the murder of two FBI agents. Yeah, yeah probably around the same time in the 70s when there yep, was a, a, a similar buildup of um, anti, uh, Native American uh, sentiment against the treatment, their treatment by white Americans, partially inspired by the fact that from 1964 up through 1979, Native Americans occupied Alcatraz. Wow. Yeah, so... That's kind of the basis for going into this. Uh, yes, again, this book uh, originally published from 2007 to 2012. Uh, we're taking a look at the first uh, deluxe edition, which is issues 1 through 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, written by Jason Aaron, uh, drawn by R.M. Guerra. No, hold on, probably. Also, go ahead. I was going to say, also worth noting, it's uh, one of the last like of these like 60 issues runs uh, that Vertigo was really yeah, known for back in this long, time period. Uh, yeah. 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 So, you know, rest in peace of Vertigo, as we've talked yeah. about on the show many a time. I mean, rest <laughs> in peace anything related to DC that's not like mainline. One of the big mainline or big three. Like if you're not a Batman villain or the Justice League or Batman or maybe Teen Titans, you're fucked. <laughs> rest in power, Gen 13. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so written by Aaron, drawn by Guerra, and colored by Lee by Lee Lawfried. I'm probably butchering that name as well. And uh, Julia Briscoe. So yeah, and I'm I'm torn on the art because I think the oh, art yeah. works for the story, but yeah. it's very rough. I'm torn. I'm torn on the inking. Well, that too. <laughs> because it, this series is so overly inked. There are multiple pages that, or like multiple panels. That look almost like the way they made the Batman animated series where it was drawn on black paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can believe that. <laughs> yeah, where where so much of it is just is just yeah, I just fucking I, took I just fucking took a bottle of ink and just like poured it over this. 
I I think it's it's perfect for this book though. Like this this like the art for me, um, you know, it, I think it's like gritty, like you said, inky, like kind of every like stuff looks like dirty, like kind of like it works for this. It, it looks it works for this book. Like honestly, like the art, the tone. Yeah, of the it's it's it, a perfect right? pairing. I think yeah, the tone of the art works yeah. very well. It's just I do not believe the I do not the art is not particularly technical or detailed and there are multiple panels throughout these couple issues that we're talking about that i have a bit of a hard time following because a lot of the characters with the way that they're drawn look very similar yeah i i also feel that some panels uh in that regard um definitely less more or less <laughs> like less detailed than others like some that don't look as great as others and also uh this art style doesn't work well for action scenes not at so all if they have to do which... like if they have to do like an extended shootout which there's a couple of in this set of issues mm, it doesn't I, work as well i hear what you're saying but i would disagree from this from this because i feel like maybe not like the actual actual uh, the way the action sequences look in and of themselves but i think like the the actual layouts that he he set up like the camera angles he chose uh in a lot of those fight sequences and like the actual uh even throughout the story like you could see this becoming a show like you know like i think like the way the the stuff he chose to center in on in certain scenes i i really actually yeah, really no, enjoy like throughout if, this, if, if, if you uh, think about if you're yeah, talking about like planning out the scenes yes yeah the, the, layout, like, the, like, the block I have yeah. a lot of bad uh shootouts in comics and other media is that there's never a sense that like where everyone is in comparison to everyone else but like the, the geography of the scene doesn't matter it's like we shoot and you're dead it's, it, it's yeah, like, uh, like the way this is blocked. i don't know if you've ever seen um the two and a half gun uh the naked gun two and a half joke nico where uh <laughs> leslie nielsen and another guy are exchanging gunfire at each other, but then they cut back and they're just like three feet away, just taking turns, mm. popping shots mm. from behind cover. Yeah, that, mm. that that bit was great. Yeah, like, it's, it's all blocked very well. It's all like it's all set very well. It just I don't think it's completely drawn very well. Yeah, I mean, I think what you're going to see, too, although I did not, well, I guess Birdie, if he read this more recently, he, he you, you said you went on to read, read the rest, the rest right? Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm sure uh, what I do appreciate about this, though, is, again, uh, uh, this does feel like a Vertigo era artist. I think it's cool that he did pretty much almost every issue of this 60 issue run with Jason Aaron on a monthly schedule. And, uh, you know, there's something to be said about that as well. Right. So, yeah. I mean, yeah. despite whether or not you may like the art style, I think it, it's fitting for uh, this book. And I'm sure he got better. Got as better but at the same time, the stylistic choices hurt things like for reference for a later mm. issue did. Um, and I hopefully Nico, I'm assuming, read the rest of this so he remembers this. Oh, yeah. One, oh, of, the, yeah. one of the main bads gets eaten by dogs while burning alive. Tight. And I can barely see it because mm. there's so much blues and purples that I can barely see the oranges and reds of the flames. Well, that's a colorist issue, though, no? No, but I think it's also an inking issue because the, the color mm. choices are based on the ink choices also. Yep. So they probably intended to go as dark as possible to the point where you literally can't see a man burning alive as he's eaten because it's too dark. Yeah. Right. So into 
the book proper as we get into our first uh, story arc, Indian Country, which takes place over the first three issues of the book. Set on the Prairie Rose Reservation in South Dakota, a, I believe, Lakota Reservation? Yes, I believe that is correct, but I'll check to be certain. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, um, it's, I mean, it's not a, it's not really a, a, a hidden secret that reservations are often made smaller and smaller as time passes because Americans are like, and eh, we don't need to give these Indians the same amount of land we promised them originally. We can just take more of it and we can leave them on the most desolate, most shit fucked pieces of land we don't care about everywhere. Yeah. Like that's the same thing that basically happened in um, Wind River because that was on a reservation in northern Montana where uh, I, I don't know if you I, I, I'm assuming like you, know, you bought you guys are both from eastern Canada. But if you've ever been like out in the mountain area of northern Montana or on the flat plains areas in northern Montana, you don't want to be stuck out there for very long because it's just mm. nothing. Yeah, it's just a cold <laughs> wasteland of nothing. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So. Uh, so yes, yeah. Uh, it's, it's a. It is a Lakota reservation. Yeah, and so on this reservation, um, coming back after 15 years away, a man by the name of Dashel Badhorse, which that's mm-hmm. a fucking name and a half. Yeah. A man. Oh, who, there's also a there's also a Sioux reservation in Iowa that's called Prairie Rose as well. Yeah, this one is entirely fictional. Uh, but yeah, so he he comes back into town, and the first thing he does is pull out some nunchucks and go to town on some boys. And that's kind of my one of my large issues with this is just <laughs> the entirety of Dash, because it is so yeah, fu- well, I mean, it is so fucking weird with this guy because he is he is oh, apparently well no he's a piece of shit that's fine it's the fact that he's a Jeet Kune Do expert. Yeah, well, I mean, they do explain that in the story, because, like, his whole thing is, uh, he wants to accomplish a bunch of stuff, sorry, uh, to prove that his mother was wrong for abandoning him, essentially, because, as they show in the, I think it's in this set of issues, if I recall correctly, the, the issue where the mom's like, I'm too busy dealing with my Native American activism stuff, so it's better if I ship my son off. Yep. Uh, to yeah. bumfuck Alabama, which as someone who's been to bumfuck Alabama, I'm sorry, ma'am, you ruined your son's life. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, no that. one. <laughs> anywhere that could be described as bumfuck is a bad place to be. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that was an important scene because he even said when he got on the bus, he's like, "Well, the thing she doesn't know is I fucking hate it here, so I'm never coming back yeah. if you send me yeah, away." Yeah, that's, it's just like, that, that's the that next story. The tone of the story, this whole thing would be essentially like a comedy bit where Dashel's like, "No, no matter what you give me, no matter what, I am never going back to that place. Fuck that place. I'm never going back." Next scene. Yeah, next scene. Right. Hey, can anyone give me res- Can anyone give me directions? <laughs> And and, and 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 you know to be clear even you know throughout this volume at this point it, it you know he's basically there for his own selfish reasons the only reason he's coming back is to you know what i mean like it's not yeah. only maybe to prove something to these people but because this is kind of for his own career at this point that they stuck him in this position that he doesn't want to be in right so like yeah. he 
So yeah, it's yeah, and, and like, and like yeah, none I, of that. I, I hear is, what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, none of that is the yeah. issue. Like my whole issue with Dash, as we will see later on, is that he, mm. the rest of this is a crime story. He feels like a comic book character. Mm-hmm. Be- because okay, okay. So your your problem is that he seems a little bit too exaggerated of a personage to be in this kind of story. Yeah, like him. Like like we'll, we'll get to it, but the fight with the burn guys. That entire yeah, yeah. thing feels yeah, so off. Fucking, uh, fucking Rorschach, basically. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So after be- after uh, beating the fuck out of those guys and eventually losing because it was like thirty versus one, he gets taken before. Yeah, he kills enough of them. Yeah, he he gets the fuck out enough of them. Apparently, apparently that yeah, Jeet Kune Do and nunchucks. Yeah. That'll get yeah, you. Well, I mean, that scene was supposed to die in that scene and he didn't so he's clearly a badass yeah but he's also a badass with, with the most cartoonishly bad mommy issues <laughs> douchebag persona yeah uh, fun fact too for anybody who doesn't know uh jason aaron actually called uh named it sun dash after shortly after this book came out okay that's born. fine dash is a perfectly fine name dash is a very good yeah. name bad yeah, horse just, is uh, a just, fucking uh, name <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that, that's like a that's like the Native American equivalent of like an action movie hero name. Like, it would be, like it'd be like Dashiell Bad Horse would be like Stallone's partner in like an '80s action movie. Yeah, it's like, hi, I'm Dashiell Bad Horse. What's your name? Oh, I'm Jake Steele. Yeah. Well, or, yeah. Uh, what's, what's the joke from um, uh, the the MST3K Space Mutiny? Dick Hard Cheese. Or uh, <laughs> well, that's like well, sick. <laughs> They, they they make references Chad back Thundercock. even amongst e- <laughs> amongst each other though uh, later in the book when he meets another oh, yeah. cop when his like officer name falls, falls down, down or something like that yeah it's like hey right, not everyone right. gets not like, everyone well, gets we cool, can't animal all names. Have cool names like bad horse <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah no exactly oh uh, yeah so after that scrappy <laughs> gets after that scrappy gets pulled toward our other primary character Lincoln Red Crow the Tribal, yeah. the tribal yeah. chief, as well as the sheriff of the tribal police force, chairman on the planning committee, treasury of the highway safety program, and managing director and, of the brand new Crazy Horse Casino, and essentially the mafia don of this. Uh, yeah, of he this is. Yeah. yeah, he is allegedly one of the three most powerful crime bosses of this area of the, of the country. Yeah, it, he's one. Yeah, he. One of my favorite characters in this I book, mean, actually. That I, I, like, like, I like he him. Is, He's layered, I think. Like, and this plays out throughout the story, although one of the characters died too soon for it to matter. Like, there are three characters who are involved in an incident that sort of determined how each of these three characters would approach things going forward. And which yeah. Is what yeah, one of whom, yeah, who we've met two of them so far, because kind of throughout that beginning bit, and throughout this first issue, actually, we keep seeing uh, this, this, like, Old drunk man in like this like massive hat with sunglasses and a really fucked up horse. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was gonna save this till later, but since you brought it up now, I, this first issue basically sets up 
all the characters are going to like that you see through to the end of this series. Like it, see, revisiting it, it was weird for me because I'm like, oh, yeah, there's that guy. There's that guy. I don't know if that's a bad thing that as a writer, it being an, an early writing like in his career at this point for Jason Aaron to actually show his full hand in this first issue, if that's a bad thing or not, because I he like basically it. shows you almost every important character. But that, OK, that's 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 where I'm coming from with it. I also kind of enjoyed revisiting and yeah, seeing like, it that, that it's, way because I'm like, oh, look, it's like, not like this reservation like the next town over has a combined total of like 50 people living in it mm-hmm. and so like having but, all of our key right, players right. be like and so having all of our key players be in this first issue makes the all the sense in the world and so having them be introduced and having them be this like essentially establishing who they are what their relationship with each other is fucking immediately like mm-hmm. pretty much removes all of the groundwork needed to go forward yeah, like basically all of the dynamics that are going to play out throughout the series are set up in the first issue, except for maybe, um, except maybe Dino. Does his, does the, yeah, Dino and does, does the, uh, does Dashiell's childhood sweetheart show up in the first issue? Yes, yes she does. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yep. They he have does, a glance. He, he does, they have yeah. a glance exchange. It's a, it's not like a full conversation as of yet, but, but they yes, meet. she shows up. Yes. Yeah. yeah she, and, 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 and I agree with you, dead man. Cause like, I think like I'm more impressed actually revisiting it this time around for that reason, because it seems like Jason Aaron, even at this point, uh, maybe not even knowing if series is going to go 60 issues. Cause this is early in his writing career. Like it's impressive to see he already kind of had an idea. And for, it seems like at least from this first issue, like fleshed out and how the story was going to go for all of these people. Yeah. Like, like in a like, way, like, in a way, like I know it's hard to see like, like he, Diesel's in this goddamn yeah, issue. Yeah. 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 And he, 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 he continues to be a, a big part of it going to, throughout. Yeah. That's, at, you know, up to a certain point, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. No, it's cool. Yeah. So after meet with Red Crow and him scalping a man, basically, just, yeah. just there's a, a scalp man on his fucking floor. Uh, he hires Dash to be part of his police force and Dash takes to it like a fish to fucking water. Yeah, well, like, it's like, why the fuck would I want to be a lawman? And it's like, oh, I, I can abuse my power and beat the shit out of people? Oh, fuck yeah, cool. dude. Tribal police, everybody down! <laughs> like, that's literally what it is. Like, it's like it's one scene of him talking to Crow, and then the next scene he's in full sheriff uniform, and everyone's like, all right, yeah, we got these fucking dog soldiers in here. We're going to take him out. And take him out. I was like, all right, everybody, we move my mark. And Dash is like, fuck that. Poof. Just full Leroy <laughs> Jenkins. Well, yeah, because he's... <laughs> Because besides the giant, yeah. besides the mommy issues and the giant ship on his shoulder, he's also like right su- suicidal. He's a hothead. Yeah, yeah for suicidally sure. angry. Yeah. yeah, and speaking of his mom, we meet her in this very scene where she yeah. sees him and immediately slaps the shit out of him. Yeah, is you goddamn piece of garbage, you fucking shitbag. Speak like throws a bunch of fucking swears at him, and I'm assuming Lakota. Yeah, well, I mean, the, the the impression that I'm getting from this first scene was that. She was like, I sent you away so that you would turn out better. How was I supposed to know that sending you to bumpfuck Alabama would mean you'd turn out uh, to be a, a, <laughs> a raging piece of shit? Yeah. I, 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 again, yeah. 
Yeah, the, I'm just looking through this first issue as you're talking about it. He fits so much in this, like the pacing. Whether or not you're into maybe the story or the characters or the or the like the tone of this book, the pacing is fantastic throughout this. Like even yeah. when he 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 speeds, he does he he covers so much ground in the first arc. But by the time that you get to the later issues in this volume, he can spend an issue just focusing on one character at a time and yeah. giving you their backstory and, and kind of tying it into everything. It's excellent. Yeah, and none, like, of, none of, the I mean? like, that's, that's, of the 11 I read for great. this felt like they didn't need to happen. Right. You know, every, every, like, every single one, one of them long felt... series feel like I didn't, this didn't need to be here, which again, uh, a lot of Jason Aaron's Avengers issues Oh my God. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Yeah, every yeah, every one of these issues felt important, gave important information about either a character or the very or the overall story going on. It is all so well just, done. Or just the nature of the setting. Like there are entire issues where they just use the characters as like this, this is the shit these people have to deal with on a regular basis. Yeah, like fuck so. like fuck Casino Boogie, the Dino bat the Dino issue. Oh yeah, just 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 his entire narration, just talking about like, yeah, I'm gonna fucking get this car fixed up. Fuck this entire town. Fuck everybody. That he actually gets the money to be able to get out, and he's like, "Hey, who wants pancakes?" Just this like idea, yeah, just yeah. this idea of having it be, of having this reservation be the worst fucking place in the world, but people don't want to leave it because it's all they know. It's just yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's like it's yeah. like some real like Tracy I mean, Chapman yeah, fast car shit. The craft, the craft here, and this is like his first full time get. Like that's insane. Like I mean, like look how much promise he had here. Like and, and now he's doing fucking big two Avengers bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Like he's never he's never done a series this long creator owned since then. Yeah. Since yeah. this time, he's never, which is such a fucking shame. Not that I don't love a lot of his big two stuff, but like he uh, needs know, more other, of this shit. Uh, like, we need more. It's just sad. We need, yeah, like, we need, we need, we need yeah. Southern bastards to not end because, unfortunately, oh, the, yeah. the artist turned out to be a yeah. terrible yeah. person. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so after we get through all, I always of these, hate that where like people get so tied to an art style that like if something happens to the artist, they're always like, oh wait, well, well fuck it, I guess the book's just dead. Yeah, because that's happened more times than I think it should. <laughs> oh, we we talked about it here on the show. Yeah, oh, uh, Rat Queens back in the day. Yeah, I yeah. mean that's that's bad. Luckily, I didn't yeah, even luckily, after Rat that Queens, it wasn't the same. Uh, I, they re, they ended up rebooting Rat Queens, and like I I've enjoyed Rat Queens since the artist left. Yeah, it was a. Okay. I, I I hear I yeah. I, I read some of it past when the artist has left too, um, but I, maybe that was just me losing interest in the book. Maybe that's something yeah, that's, different. That's but, entirely the thing. Um, like, at I, the time, I, yeah, yeah. Like it didn't hit me that bad because, like, yeah, I really enjoyed that guy's art, but you know, then piece of shit, so fuck him. Uh, but then they replaced yeah. him with us <laughs> with uh, the name I will never not pronounce correctly: Stajep and Sajik. That's uh, right. He did an yeah, arc. Yeah, he took over. Yeah, for couple, right. He took over for a couple issues, and his art's fucking great. And they brought in a new guy who like kept the same kind of vibe but like went with it more and i just and at, at that point i was getting deeper into D D, so that series just spoke to me more and more right okay well i'm glad you enjoyed it you say you read a witch boy books so. <laughs> uh, anyway. just, just to show you the just to show you the power of stajep and sajic if you got if you haven't read switch dead you might actually enjoy switch because essentially it's oh yeah I, i've read switch at the 
it's it's poking fun at the entire Witchblade universe. Yeah, yeah. Child gets the Witchblade thing. He's like, no, fuck, fuck this. No, what up? Like Jackie, like they remake Jessica, Jackie Estacado, or like the next him to be like to be like sixteen, just a big emo kid with the darkness. Ah, oh, it was great. <laughs> Did they ever like continue that? Because I remember like it got to a point and no. they just stopped. Yeah, they just stopped. Well, that Same sucks. with his wife. They 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 just kind of do stuff inconsistently. But like obviously, I mean, so Jeff and Sajic does so much work on other stuff because I I think he's a really big commission artist. Yeah, like, he, again, he's a huge commi- Witchblade stuff. He's a huge commission artist. Like Witchblade is recollecting all of their original, like, for lack of a better word, slutty issues from the '90s, and um, they commissioned him to do a wraparound cover for all of the collected volumes, so that when you collect all of them, there's a completed Stajep and Sajic picture. Jesus. Yeah. Oh God. But yeah, so back to scalped. And yeah, so with mm-hmm. yeah, so after everything we get in town, we get a little bit of backstory on like uh, Red Crow and how he was part of the Dog Soldiers, mm-hmm. uh, which is a like activist group trying to trying to you know get trying to get anything to improve on the reservation. One of, one of many groups that, that are trying to draw attention to the fact that despite America claiming not to have tried to erase Native mm-hmm. Americans completely. They keep finding that whenever a group of Native Americans tries to raise awareness of how Native Americans are treated in, uh, well, at least in the context of the story in the United States, but in the context of the world, like everywhere, yeah, uh, any natives yeah. anywhere, which is yeah. which is one of the one of the more uh, interesting um, storylines throughout. Because yeah, then as you learn, like. He knows Dashiell's uh, mother. He used to be with her as part of this movie in the 70s uh, as part of her group. And then uh, kind of as a means to an end, he got involved in more crime. uh, But and then he kind of loses sight of himself um, as time goes on and and, and the reasons why he's um, doing these things. Right. Three characters take three very different paths. Yeah. Yeah, that are yeah, from that starting point. Yeah, which we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get into those paths later. But yeah, the, the main thing is back in the seventies, that group was involved with the murder of two FBI agents on the reservation. Yeah, yeah, which poisoned the well for like legitimate uh, protests of how natives are treated by Americans. Yeah, which is often the case. Like, I mean, I don't know if either of you saw this movie that came out recently, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. I've heard but nothing but amazing a- things. It's about a guy. It's about um, a low-level black crook who is taken in by the FBI, essentially to uh, as a way to like poison the image of the Black Panthers in the public mind, so that people think that they're all just horrible, violent monsters when they really weren't. Yeah. Which fuck. Yeah, you know, white guy shit. But yeah, speaking of white guy shit, nits. Fucking agent. Uh, yeah. I was. I. I we did. I, I was thinking about him earlier when you're talking about Dash. So it's like, yeah, da- Dash unfortunately got stuck. His only. His only choice. It's a sad thing about like, again white guy shit. No other uh, FBI agent wanted to promote him to active work except for the guy who has a hard on for killing Native Americans who wants to use him for that purpose. Yes, because by the end of the first issue, we learned that Ed, that Dashiell Badhorse is an FBI agent sent here. By Nitz with a Nitz with a massive fucking hard on for killing Red Crow. Yeah, he, he's he's a 
piece of garbage. He is a piece of shit. Be because he wants revenge, but he's also just a piece of shit in general. Yeah, he's just who clearly (laughs) hated all natives with a passion. I'm like, right. What did they do to you before your even in the flashbacks? Yeah, even in the flashbacks, flashbacks, he's he's a fucking asshole. (laughs) Yeah, he is garbage. Yeah, he he's terrible. He's terrible. Yeah, it. Uh, in, yeah. in a book full of horrible people, like he you might hate be the worst. more than you hate Red Crow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because like, like, you, like Red Crow's Red Crow's trash, but like Red Crow he, is he's layered. A, yeah, Red he's Crow is layered, a layered though, character, like he, and yeah. like a lot of his like bad shit tendencies are just like a product of being in a bad shit environment. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. Red Crow's bad tendencies are a product of he chose a bad way to deal with legitimate issues. And he just can't escape the pattern of behavior that led him to where he got today. Like, yeah. I've been talking yeah. about that in this issue where, uh, not this yeah. issue, but somewhere in this set of issues where it's like, he's te- like, he was under the impression if he got this casino started, he would feel like he won. Yeah, the, ca- yeah, the, ca- the crazy horse showed up. The crazy horse casino is his entire, like, he is setting that up casino, yes, to make money, but also because he believes it will help the tribe. Right. But then he has to answer to all these people. I mean, yeah, I'm sure we're going to get into that issue. It's it's excellent. Like, that's that's my favorite issue out of all of them in this in this in this uh, volume is that one, the, the one you're talking about. Yeah, it's it's so good. The casino one. Yeah. So, yes, yeah. yeah, so with the second issue as uh, as Nitz and his partner, I'm assuming. Are kind of like a debriefing. Uh, yeah. I would call him a flunky more than a partner because yeah. he's like, "Oh, so we do this." Ah, fuck you, bitch. Yeah, I will get bad horse. It's like you're telling me this fucking native guy. I I'm not gonna say what he said because yeah, yeah, there, yeah. there are a lot of slurs. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Even the Weasley nerd, even the Weasley nerdlinger guys are like spewing racist anti-native slurs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And some of them I've never heard before. Well, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't I don't set out in life to hear more slurs about different racial groups. But yeah, yeah, me either. Lord, but Lord knows society keeps exposing us to them. Yeah, it's something that I think I am discovering about myself that I'm not sure I like, where I find myself very fascinated by the etymology of racial slurs. Like oh, jeez. <laughs> anytime I hear a new one, one that I haven't yeah, heard no, I before, get I get interested I mean, right. sometimes there's an interesting, if dumb, story related to them, like uh, the way Americans referred to Japanese people during World War II nips Ooh. is Ooh. is a intentional misunderstanding of the way Japanese people refer to both the country of Japan, Nihon, and a person who is Japanese, Nippon. So, but they, of course, shorten that to sound like something that, like, Oh, you're you're an annoying little thing nipping at my heels. But uh, okay. yeah, that one is. Yeah, I do not. Yeah, just for complete disclosure, I do not actually like any of these words. No, no, none of us do. It's I just, just we are exposed to them, and to some extent, for the sake of understanding how horrible they are, we sometimes try to figure out what the rationale or the meaning for them is. Right. Yeah. We just hate ourselves when we do. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. So as he is getting, a, as Dash is getting a debriefed by these two shitters uh we, we just get a flashback over the last like over the last like work week of him working for the sheriff's department uh taking out meth labs basically just taking out meth yeah, labs and, and assaulting people. people 
Yeah, this is also where we meet up. And with, that's when he. Yeah, this, yeah, is, where, this is where we meet uh, Dino Poor Bear. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a character who will stick around for a while. Uh, and the only person Dash has shown mercy to so far. <laughs> well, yeah. he wants to use him, right? Yeah, he has like, ulterior yeah. motives yeah. for. Uh, yeah, he, he sees him as like. You know, like some punk kid who he's like, oh, I can take advantage of this guy, kind of like it seems like, right? Like, yeah, I mean, he, he's, he, he does doesn't, this at several points. Like, he gets one other native guy killed, I think, mm. for like providing info for him to use in his capacity as an undercover cop. Yeah. But again, he doesn't care. He's just, <laughs> he's a at cop. this point in the story, he, <laughs> he, he only cares about himself and getting ahead. I just, I just <laughs> love, I just love this undercover cop. Like, this, this cop is going undercover as a cop. Right. Well, and, and that, but, and, and that's the thing I will say is that Nitz, it was right on the money about putting him in this position because not only because of his relationships with these people, uh, and his this like the free, the way that he hates a lot of them as well in this place, but also for the fact, simple fact that he said like he's fucking, he's crazy, he's yeah. uh, he's like you know he's an asshole, he's like a, he like he knows he that this is gonna be a toxic. Yeah, this is going to be a toxic situation. He doesn't care who gets taken down, and that includes Dash as a result of everything that's happening here. Like, that's what's fucked up. Like, he's playing with fire, and he doesn't give a shit. Like, he's just like, yeah, I'm just going to put this guy in. He he doesn't even tell Dash everything he knows about the situation on the reservation as we find out. Yeah. Yeah. He just straight up, up, like, just, just, yeah, go in there. You can do stuff. And then as soon as he leaves, yeah, all right, so here's what's happening. These, these people are going to fucking kill themselves. Up. So long as the guy I'm after is dead, I do not care how many natives I got to kill. Yeah. But sir, he's an FBI agent. <laughs> yeah. Fuck that shit. But, His name's Bad Horse. <laughs> and, and, and that was the thing, too. I mean, revisiting this, like, I didn't remember all these. I mean, once I started reading it and getting back into it, everything started. I started remembering things. But, like, there's, like, if you think the fir- the only swerve you're going to get in this is the, at the end of the first issue, learning that he's an undercover, there's, like, three other ones yeah. within these 11 issues. Like, there's, like, there's like oh, yeah, really? You thought you knew everything? Nope. Guess what? You did it. And, like, things were, like, legitimately, I was like, oh, yeah, I didn't see that coming, like, the first time around. I was like, oh, yeah, that's interesting. Like, yeah. <laughs> certain uh, things. And then, al- and then also in this, we meet <laughs> Officer Falls Down, the only yeah. good cop on the res. Yeah, who gets yeah. immediately fucked. Who gets immediately yeah. fucked. Yeah. Which yes. again, uh, it, it did, Nico, if you remember, um, what is it, uh, uh, Southern Bastards, same yes. thing basically happens in that as well. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. The yeah. one good guy yep. who wanted to actually clean everything up gets fucked immediately. Yeah. <laughs> That's every crime story. Just, hey, you're a good person? <laughs> nah, dude. Yeah. Just yeah. build this guy like, up. For five issues, <laughs> kill him. No. Yeah, the no. same thing basically happens in the Shield, where like a cop who's working uh, with uh, uh, Michael Chiklis's group, who he thinks are a bunch of good cops, like they work do this act together that's really effective, but then immediately it's over. Vince Mackey shoots him in the face. <laughs> yeah, as you do. <laughs> uh, yeah. So he gets. Yeah. So. Uh, Dashwell gets put on bat gets put on falls down and falls down is just a he's just a good cop just out there doing good work just trying not to get fucked actually manages to like somewhat befriend bad horse this is also where we get our first real interaction between uh Carol uh Red Crow's daughter 
and and Dash, where yeah. she she is in a bad place. Yeah, <laughs> i i gotta I gotta give it up to the artist though. He definitely plays up the trashiness uh, a trashiness of her, this of her at this point in time. Oh, yeah. and, and not only that, and the, the fact that she's is like what the appeal he, of the art style is. I can like, right. I can smell this character on the page. <laughs> I just think even from like the like the pose that like the, when she gets up on the table like you know what i mean like or the oh, yeah. box or whatever that is like he does a good job of depicting those scenes like yeah, uh, and, like the body language you know, yeah, of it and, all you know what i mean like yeah and, and, and like i, I, I will really i will well give this done. to the guy like this is trashy and real disgusting but it's always right up to the line of what you of what you can get away with it feeling like too yeah, disgusting it doesn't, right. it doesn't. It doesn't ever cross the line of the kind of stuff that like you don't want to. It doesn't like get into like full on, like inappropriate rape territory. Although the, some of the stuff between Dash and this chick comes real close. But, real uh, close. But the fact that they're both saying yes at the time is like okay. I think this is okay. But like even even seeing this now, knowing what's gonna happen later when they actually jump each other's bones finally like there is a build-up i think of this type of behavior of these two around each other and like even even this relationship like everything else is toxic in this book like this is a bad situation right now for these two people right like it's you know she's she's you know anyways (laughs) yeah she yeah 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 uh and (laughs) and with uh and following that uh red crow he he gets concerns from multiple people about about Bad Horse, and then decides to do something about it, and brings in the burned guys. Yeah, just uh, this, burned guys. These fucking and his crew of douchebags. These fucking Punisher side villains. Pretty yeah, much, like, yeah. Dead guys, Jigsaw would have employed. Yeah, yeah, brings them in, and unfortunately, dashes. Dash's danger sense didn't go off in time, so falls down, gets shot, and then Dashel kills all of them without getting hit at all. And this is that was the kind of thing that I. This is the kind of thing that yeah, I'm like. like he should have been at least injured in that fight. Yeah, but the fact that he's like outrunning these guys' guns and then fucking dual wielding revolver and pistol just jumps out of there and murders them all in like seconds. It's a very cool action scene, and like. It's a very cool action scene, but it doesn't feel at home in this style of gritty crime story. Yeah, it feels like like it feels like it doesn't it doesn't kind of it undercuts the tension if they did manage right. to completely catch him by That's surprise fair. in this yeah. trap and they yeah. still couldn't even touch him. Yeah. And like I think I missed it, but there was a point I believe in the first issue where like Dash was like kind of. Mm-hmm. Get, getting used to his cop shit, and then he'd be like, "I'd be a lot better if you give him my nunchucks back." Just like a fucking thirteen-year-old <laughs> who bought a set of nunchucks at the mall, and then, right. actually, then actually, hit, and then actually hit his sister with them, and his mom took them away. Uh, also, what do you think, uh, Dead Man? Because I know this is someone uh, who who uh, uh, also whose artwork I don't believe you've uh, loved in the past of the uh, jock covers for this series because he did a bunch of covers uh throughout for this uh for this series which i thought there's there's a lot of really good ones uh here but uh i, I know like you're the, not a I, fan of his for the most part i believe i've only ever read one of his books i think i think i, I think i'll ever try reading witches 
Yeah, I remember you not liking that, but it was the colors. I remember you said you hated it as well throughout that, right? Yeah, like the, th- the thing that bugged me the most. Mistaken. The thing that bugged me the most with that was the coloring, because a lot of the coloring was like, okay, let's make this as vibrant as non and non distinct as possible, and then I'll just fucking splash some paint on it. With this though, everything feels a lot more deliberate. Everything feels more right. intentional and placed, and not as scattershot as it was in. Uh, right, as as it was in witches, which makes sense because they are covers as opposed to sequentials, right? So that yeah, would and, make that makes sense. Yeah, yeah and, and I like with, his covers. And with I the, like his covers. And with the covers, he's able to like take a bit more time with it, get a bit more detail in there, and make it way more intentional than than mm-hmm. like like some of his interior work. Because like fuck the issue, cover for issue three, there's this whole like you know depressing Fargo bit. Right. Like I really like that. Mm-hmm. And, like, and like, I especially like the first issue. Oh yeah, the, the first, first I- the first issue, issue well. is the the first issue is the cover of the series. Yeah, yeah. Like just dash in Absolutely. full native headdress with just nunchucks hanging around his neck. Yeah, blood splatter below on yeah. the shirt. Yeah, yeah. That Casino. works. That that yeah. that works really well, and I think his artwork works a lot better for covers <laughs> than it does for internals. Mm-hmm. Uh, very yeah, no, absolutely. <sighs> yeah. So after this, uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So after this, uh, after the jumping, um, we get uh, falls down, gets hurt, but is still alive, uh, and manages to. And then, and then Dash goes. I, mean, I love in. how under his voice he's basically like going, "Like you, Dash, you son yeah. of a dick." You son of a dick. <laughs> if you knew we were gonna get shot, warn me sooner. Oh uh, yeah, so uh, Dash <laughs> goes and uh, threatens Red Crow, <laughs> who is just man, Red Crow's so great. He is. He's. I, I'm telling you, he's my. He's like. I think my favorite character in the yeah, series. No, he's, he's, he's like most great, like nuanced crime bosses that like, yeah, he has a lot of charisma. You believe the power he has and that he often shows it off in ways. It's like, he's like, look, Dash, if you're not actually going to do it, just leave. It's yeah, very much yeah. in line with that, uh, that joke line dead. If you remember from, um, dark man, if you're not going to kill me, I have things to do. Yeah. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. He's so good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And again, one of the many strengths I would say of all of my favorite Jason Aaron books are strong character writing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I made that sound more snide than I intended it to. Like, yeah, no, no, it's, no, no, it's sincere. I, I get what you mean. I'm laughing because somehow bad adventures is again. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just like at the end of reading this. I'm like oh, I want to reread my because I own all the card covers, right? I'm like oh, I want to read the rest of this. Well, now. I, I, well, <laughs> now I, will like... say, uh, I was, I mean, I've read all of uh, Southern Bastards a couple of times, yes. at least the issues that exist. But I wanted to go approach Wolverine and the X Men again. It's just, uh, and I'm glad Dead Man told me. It's like, oh God, please tell me I don't have to read something associated with AVX. Please God, tell me I don't have to read something associated with AVX. You don't. The less we think about AVX, the better. Thank God. The less we think about, the less we think about most versus X books. Yeah, 
Because, like, the X-Men have fucking gone to war with literally everyone, including themselves. Yeah. And only be- and all because they're mutants. <laughs> yes. Solely because they're mutants. No other reason. Just, just, hey, you were born with powers? Well, time to go to war. Like, it is so... It is so weirdly, um, like... It was weirdly, um, like, what was the word I'm looking for here? Prescient? That within the world of Marvel, everyone roots for the steroid user and not the guy born with natural talents with the same powers? Ah, okay, fair enough. But, well, yeah, let's, let's, keep, let's keep our discussions firmly yeah. on Jason Aaron stuff and just say, I, I, was, I was glad how much I enjoyed this reading it again because I wanted to experience other times... Jason Aaron had written really good characters, like in Southern Bastards or in the parts of AVX, uh, not AVX, the parts of uh, Wolverine and the X-Men that have nothing to do with AVX. Yeah. But yeah, so with this, uh, third third issue wraps up as we finish up the debriefing with Nitz and turns out the drunken man has been watching the entire time. Yeah, and that's kind of our introduction into into uh, Scalped. That was a great fucking intro arc. Yeah, it's set up so fucking much, leaves enough questions to keep me going, and is just so great with all of the character writing. Yeah, and that and it's, yeah, uh, and I'll, I, another thing you commented on, it has it keeps the it it focuses on the economy of characters enough. That as few character, it keeps as there. There are a lot of characters in this, but it, it's a few enough that you get a really good sense of development and who these people are and what role they serve in this world. To the point where, uh, I mean, I don't. You haven't read the rest of it, but it's like, God damn it, Dino, why did you have to fuck up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, there's no happy ending for Dino. That and, well, that's uh, and that's a theme though that that carries on throughout the series though. You do have these character study issues on like all of these people throughout, and then you also actually he even did a couple of great issues if I recall, and and Birdie will have a better memory of this than I do because it's been a while since I read it all. Of like even like he does an issue for instance of an old couple that lives i believe in the reservation that's like not even it has nothing to do with like the book itself yeah, it's just well, like I mean, a little okay, aside like issue like it ties in i'm sure like these characters right the characters in that know the characters that are the right. main focus of the story but their main goal is to be like an outside perspective on just how shit right. is going on the reservation right. which again which is why i said i don't feel any issue of scalped is a waste of time no yeah which again other books but, could be considered a waste of time. But if he didn't set such a, a great foundation, like the groundwork so early in this book, as he clearly does here, even within these first 11 issues, that you wouldn't have been able to afford yourself like that time to do that because so many fucking series. And again, that, and that's the, the other horrible thing is because you don't get these long epics anymore that actually fucking end with these vertical series of old that are so great in that sense. It's, it's, it's because they don't, you know what I mean? Like everything's going to get canceled or we're going to get numbered to number one, or we got to do this. We got to do that. Or you don't have an artist for the whole run. And like, it's like, it, it's just, it's so well paced and great. Like in that sense, like he, you could tell, like he had this vision for this book and he was able to do that like yeah you know what i mean like it's it's it, yeah i can't say enough about that it's it's great yeah, so much it, 
so much. It doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, no, it like, doesn't no, exist. Like this, this, like, this kind of book. Like, maybe an image. Maybe an image. I, I think like, yeah, no, like, image. Like, yeah, yeah, like, like, image doesn't do long form books that much. Like maybe yeah, no, they don't. They like, don't do Brian long form. Yeah, they don't. They don't do long form books. They do do the ones that are like, hey, we are going to put out fucking twelve issues. It's going to be going beginning to end. We're going to fucking have a story. And like aftershock is kind of doing that where they're having these like longer running series that have like right. an artist and a writer on for the entire time. But they also do the things some of these series where it's like, I'm gonna put out this mini series and then it's gonna be this mini series of within the same world, and then this mini series within the same world, like the yeah. b- b- the Hellboy the, kind of thing, the, right? Where it's like the, this is all taking the, place like in the same world, yeah, but it's different stories. Yeah, but like uh, right? I think like Baby Teeth is still ongoing as a single story, and it's like up to twenty issues. I think like Animosity. That's about to end. Animosity is one that's still going. You're right, but Baby Teeth, I think he's about to wrap up. Yeah, Baby Teeth, Baby Teeth, about to wrap up. But like it's a, but yeah, like it, I get, I get what you're, I get where you're coming from, and we need more of that. I, I want a fucking like, I want the equivalent of like a Mister Robot in comics, where it's like, hey, here's fucking like, here's an entire series done by one guy, basically. Well, yeah, well, I mean, fuck. We, it, Jason Aaron's been left alone to have 50-plus issues to himself almost on Avengers. And, okay, I want, uh, okay, I want to like, create our own good series. Like, <laughs> well, look at that. That's a, that, that, that is a perfect fucking example. Look at that, though. He's almost at 50 fucking issues. <laughs> 60, if you count the Heroes Reborn shit. This is a 60-issue run, and he does not do anything in Avengers compared to what he did in 11 fucking issues yeah. we just read here today. It is in this ridiculous. Like, nothing. Not even close of the character development. Not even fucking close. That's why I'm like, I can't tell who <laughs> that writer is in that book. Who are you, Jason Aaron, who are you? Did he contract like the Frank Miller strain of syphilis? <laughs> I don't know. I haven't heard him saying horse, 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 horse every five seconds. Well, I mean, he didn't. Well, I mean, he didn't like the old She Hulk, and apparently, she was a whore based on David Goyer. Uh, yeah. Fucking that whole shit. Well, I mean, that's another fun example. It's like I guess actually. The- <sighs> I guess to some extent, maybe studios can't see bad things that may happen because I don't. Uh, Nico, have you read As- uh, All Star Batman and Robin? Oh yeah, AKA Aspar. <laughs> yeah, All right. I have. So you you remember how badly uh, it's the relate the dumb relationship between the just the Wonder Woman and Superman of that story were where they like they hate each other but they just want to fuck because. Frank Miller can't write. I, what man does anything other than horse? Well, no, Frank Miller can't write anything other than horse, and no writer can write those characters in a way that they aren't going to fuck. Like that's the well, fucking. But my point was that like that seemed like a bad idea back then, and then DC Comics made that the official story line throughout the, the rest of. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Well, I mean, they got letters. You're strong, I know. <laughs> That's my f- my favorite dumb joke that came out of every bad comic we've ever read is just the well they got letters. Just just the silk thing of like Dan Slot saying he got fan letters saying they liked silk. Oh right. Oh, and I respond like, who is this Dane Sloot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just anytime something shitty in comics happens, I can just go, Well, I mean they got letters. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, like that justifies the. <laughs> yeah, <decision>. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Oh god. Yeah, and so that. Well, ra- no argument for me. You got letters, guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that wraps up the first storyline. Uh, moving on to the second one. Issues four and five are a storyline called Hoka Hey. Uh, which is a term used within the storyline as a toast to the dog soldiers. And it is largely backstory. Like it's, yeah. it's got, like largely backstory, but kind of like even split, like more even split than I realized uh, between like the backstory for the backstory for like three separate characters, or actually four separate characters. And then also the shit that's currently happening to set up for the next story, like in, in going forward, because it is a flashback of, yeah, it is a flashback of uh, the dog soldiers um, when they uh, got like the dog soldiers when they killed the two cops, the two feds, right? Um, and kind of like more folk and then uh, like like them like the two cop the two cops getting killed and then them managing to get away with it with only one person going to jail, as opposed to all of them, right? Which she then goes to guilt uh red crow as a result of him still being in jail for something they both know he shouldn't be in jail for yeah um right yeah yeah, yeah. That's right. The, the, at the yeah. same time she also won't tell the police what actually happened yeah within to free him from jail to protect herself yeah within within the dog soldiers there are four characters who kind of matter to the story at this point which is gina badhorse dash's mom red crow yeah uh, the drunk guy whose name hasn't been revealed yet so i won't say it and then uh, I believe it's Lawrence Belcourt. The guy in jail. Yeah, the guy who right? actually went to yeah. jail. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Lawrence Belcourt. Uh, th- those four are kind of the, like, the Dog Soldiers were bigger, and I believe they're still currently a group within the res. But this, these four are kind of the core of the story. Right, right. Yeah, and, like, we see that, like, Gina and Red Crow used to be, to, used to be like, a thing back back in the day. Oh yeah, because the, what, back then they essentially had, had the same goal of like yeah. uplifting the native peoples. It's just that after the incident with the FBI, they took vastly different approaches to the same issue going forward. Yeah, with Gina diving headfirst into just full-on hardcore activism, and then Red Crow going <laughs> and yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, Essentially, the, he essentially turned into the joke my mom likes to make about Native American casinos. It's like, and hey, take the white man for all he's worth. Yeah. Yeah, I actually thought, like, don't tell me if this is like a thing or not, but I always assumed like well, this entire thing felt like it was building up to the reveal that Red Crow is Dash's dad. I, I was kind of, um, yeah, okay, I won't tell you or not, but he at least sets himself up as a father figure and like dad, he wants dash to kind of be his. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, well, I mean, I mean, I, this is not a spoiler um, for you because of the issues you've read when he gets to the point where the casino is open, he still feels like he has nothing yeah. as a person. And he, he, he feels like having dash around to quote unquote would be his legacy when he leaves the, the moral. <laughs> Yeah, yeah and like, like you could tell that he's keeping him close as a result of this relationship that he has with his mother. But even when the mother kind of accu- accuses him 
from of that he kind of points out the fact that like no like he's his own man and he definitely doesn't like me you can go ask him your your goddamn self if you don't believe me because he's like I'm, I don't know what I'm doing there like he he's not even really sure of like himself like he, he seems like he's trying to do it for the right reasons but then at the same time they have this on off again relationship where like he thinks he's double crossing him and he fucking treats him like shit and he's making him do all the dirty work so you know what I mean like he's not making it easy on him as a yeah. result like it's not like he's like hey I'm gonna take you under my wing um, yeah it's 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 a weird relationship uh, between all these characters and, and again established so early on like it's 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 very impressive yeah. honestly revisiting it and and, and yeah. yeah like like that relationship was very clearly established the first three issues and then we are expanding upon it in the fourth yeah in like a very significant way and it's all like so well fucking paced out yeah but yeah and so then um and so then after all that stuff we get um kind of like the introduction of nits in the flashback as he is just, he just fucking hates everyone in this goddamn reservation <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he yeah. just hates all people of Native American descent in general. Yeah, yeah. Like some people more so than others because he thinks they're uppity or they did something that personally offended him. But he he hates them all in general to the point where he, I think when um he finds what is it he says when he's talking to Dash is like oh good another another native out in the world great. Or something to that effect. I can't remember exactly what he said, but it's essentially like, oh, good, there's another one in there, huh? <laughs> yeah. And yeah, this, yeah. yeah, we also get uh, like a big, a relative dive into how Nitz essentially got a hold of Dash for this thing, as well as some, as well as some backstory on Dash himself and how he is apparently fucking amazing at being an FBI man. Because like at he's a creep, all right. Yeah, because like at fucking <laughs> the FBI Academy at Quantico, he was top five in his class. Was like was like high school quarterback. Was like studied at like a fucking Jeet Kune Do Academy. Uh, decorated service as a soldier. Yeah, and then unlicensed bare knuckle boxer. Kosovo. Yeah, he was in Kosovo. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Like he yeah. he, he yeah. put in work yeah. when he was away. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah, he was he was yeah yeah, and then, and then everybody in the FBI is like, yeah, fuck this guy. Why why is he here? Just let get the fuck rid of him. And so this is like, yeah, I'll take him. I oh my dick is hard for vengeance. <laughs> I bro manifest destiny in my pants. Let's go. Yeah, like I don't know which I don't know which thing. Um pissed him off more that his partner got killed or that his partner got killed by a red man. <laughs> yeah, I don't with at least within these first few issues, it is never clear what came first. Like like whether it was both things bother him, but it's like which one is more important to him personally? Yeah. Was it the fact that his partner was killed mm. or was it the fact that his partner was killed by natives? Right. Yeah. But yeah, and then so then as those flashbacks are going on, they're kind of interspersed with the current going on story where it is it is Red Crow setting up for the launch of his fucking uh casino, which by the end of it it does mm -hmm. go it does actually open up and finally get open. Um with uh Gina Badhorse uh just a trying however she can as often as she can to fucking talk to her goddamn kid. And and him Yeah, chase 
chasing him all over town, right? Yeah. Like, well, like, 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 like yeah. Chase, chase him all over town, sees just the fucking destruction left in his wake, and like a little girl handing her a bloody crowbar while her dad's head's inside of a car door. Yeah, and it's clearly at this point where I think it's like in this issue where she flashes back to she thought that sending again, I, I mentioned this earlier, she thought sending her son to bumfuck Alabama would be better for him overall than her actually being a mother to him. And clearly that was not the case. <laughs> yeah, I think it's at the start of the next issue, but like there's a fucking uh page in issue four that I goddamn love. And it is it is just like the fucking it is just this perfect it's let me just count here. It is like fucking eleven panels, and it fucking perfectly establishes this relationship with these like twelve panels it perfectly establishes the relationship of these two characters, where it is her talking to like the bartender, just trying to get a message to Dash, and then it, then it is her just looking like she's on the verge of tears. As on one side of her is the flashbacks of, of just like Dash is like a younger kid, and then the next side of her is Dash as he got like into his teen years and he started just becoming more and more violent. Mm-hmm. And then it's Dash flashing back to all of her fucking activism shit, all of her like getting arrested, her showing him a dead body, and then her slapping when he comes back to town. Yeah. And just like how fucking perfectly that actually sets up, well, not even sets up, just like continues to show this relationship between these two characters and how it is almost beyond reconciliation. And how Dash is yeah, just like... Yeah, and, ah. and, they, and they truly both... Yeah, and how Dash is just completely done with his mother, and his mother just wants to go back to that wants to go, wants to go back to like before she sent him away. Mm-hmm. Well, she, she well she wants to essentially undo what she thinks she was doing for the right reasons. Yeah, mm-hmm. but really, I think given, yeah. given also the re- the fact that her uh, came forward and told the truth about what happened with the FBI agents, uh, clearly. She- She's doing for her own mm-hmm. personal benefit. She's like, I mean, she doesn't actually say this, but there's kind of a look. I can't deal with you right now, so I'm gonna. I think it's better for you if I send you away from me. Which I I don't know for sure if that's what this they're implying happened with her, but that seems to be the like based on the way they play those scenes. That seems to be the way it played out. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, and like, I get it, like, this clearly shows you that they both have different perspectives on the situation and and, and reasons as to why they did what they had to do. Uh, but like, it's just wrong for her to have her young son around this kind of shit. Like, I get she was trying to do it for the right reasons, but like, at least from a parent perspective, I, I would totally get that, at least from Dash's point of view. Like, yeah, of like but, you know, right. this is fucked up what you had me around. Like, you know what I mean? Like, why? The idea is she cares enough of, she thought sending her son, like, I don't know if they, I can't remember it off the top of my head, if they show what his life was like in Bumfuck, Alabama. It probably didn't, wasn't good. At least not in these issues they don't. No. (laughs) But if she was actually primarily concerned with what was good for her son as a person, she would have taken herself away from what was her major concerns before that, which was her activism and rate and figured out a way to raise him properly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cause she, so again, I'm not necessarily criticizing her for this, but she made the choice that I don't think I can raise him. I'm going to send him away. Right. 
but she then doesn't get to absolve herself. And I don't think she does really in the story, but she does not get to absolve herself from the consequences of that choice. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, that's, that's what, that's what makes it so interesting, right? Like it's, it's, it's a, yeah, it's not, uh, not everything. It's not black and white. Like, it's not like everybody has the reasonings as to why they chose the paths they did in this story. And, and, and jumping forward in the future with him coming back to this town has kind of brought everything back to the forefront as a result, right? Yeah. Like everything, he, he's right back in the mix of things. Yeah. Just, just every and, uh, issue nothing's he had changed. Yeah, the, 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 every issue he ever had is just like becoming exacerbated just by the fact that he's back here. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. But at the same it's, time, it's good, man. Uh, as the story points out over and over again over the course of its run, him coming back here was necessary for him as a person. Yeah, if he didn't want to admit it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so the last kind of thing with those two oh, issues. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah, and so the last kind of things with the uh, the two issues for that arc is uh, throughout the entire story, Dash had been um, essentially ignoring multiple calls from the police. As well as from as well as from his mother to spy on Carol, the daughter of Red Crow and his ex girlfriend, uh, as she is just fucking random dudes in fields, and then he comes along and fucks up those dudes. Yeah, he's like he starts spying yes. on her essentially, and like yeah, stalking. yeah, he's stalking her, stalking her, yeah, <laughs> stalking her, and you're beating up people in her life because you don't want anyone else near her, but you, you're stalking her. Yeah, uh, eventually she sees this, sees him do it, and is like, all right, you fucker, let's do this and they they, they, they fuck and they yeah. find and then his mom's dead in the desert yeah yeah as we so get they don't uh they don't get back to addressing i believe in this volume if i'm not no mistaken. not at all think they uh, get back to that part yeah the last no. yeah, no, the, it yeah. Just, it, 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 that's the last <laughs> issue, that's the last image of the issues we read for this yeah issue 11 yeah. is dino finding gina's body Yeah. Yeah. And so speaking yeah, of that, right. uh, as we move into the last uh, five issues for this little section of the book we're talking about, uh, Casino Boogie, the Rashomon yeah. of this fucking. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Okay. This was the thing I remember talking, mentioning to Dead and Nico earlier is that this story, the only part of this that doesn't work for me is that I think Jason Aaron plays around with timing and like perspectives a little bit too much to the point where I was getting sick of essentially reliving the same day over and over again for the sake of this story. Yeah, this it gets especially rough with this issue because each issue takes place. They're, they're, yeah, I hear what you're saying because they're you're mm-hmm. each issue takes place over like the same like day period, but each of it from a different perspective that's jumping around in time. And like within this fucking first issue, it's like 15 years ago, nine days ago, three hours ago, 30 minutes later. Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's, it's not easy to do that being said, but I hear what you're saying because there was that there, there was that flaw in the sense that a couple of issues, a couple of these issues, you do repeat scenes. There's a couple of pages dedicated to maybe the inner, the two characters intersecting within the story or kind of rehashing of this one moment. Whereas you can tell, like they're all talking about maybe the same incident that you've been following throughout all five of these. Issues. Yeah. I, I, it could have been done better and more smoother. Well, Absolutely. I agree. Not, but, um, but, but not this so many perspectives. Yep. Yeah, right. like, I, it's five there's, different there's, perspectives. 
That being said, my favorite issue of this volume was the Red Crow Casino one, like a day in the life of Red Crow as the casino like gets opened up for the first time. And the shit that he has to deal with in his day was excellent. Yeah. Like the stuff that I can't. Yeah, he had the and, and it all leads up to that fantastic moment with him with his like head in his hands in the Dino issue like that is my that that was my favorite part of these 11 issues was those moments between him and Dino like you said the sad realization that he basically just he does nothing with the money he's just gonna come back and piss it all away because he doesn't know what else to fucking do with his life given the chance to get off the fucking reservation he can and just and the fact that like he realizes like what have I become like I'm look at all the people I have to fucking answer to now now yeah. as a result of yeah, this casino is, like and 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 eat shit like yeah he, <laughs> yeah, he is fucking yeah. like yeah like like we said he is like the third most powerful fucking like crime boss on this side of the fucking country he is the right. he is the head shit of everything in his tribe that a person can be he owns this like fucking 97 million dollar casino and he still has to bring in girls to suck this fat white dude's dick yeah yeah, and they're trashing the fucking place yeah. then he has to get on the phone with those Hamas or I don't know how you say that word, but he has those guys that are basically like the gangsters that he calls up, and and then and then he kind of does like the basically the Pulp Fiction. I'm sending the wolf to you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like he's just like I'm sending this dude. He's like, oh no, please don't send this guy. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Like, Brass. He's on his way. He's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, it's like, all, yeah I, which maybe that's what he took inspiration from here is Pulp Fiction. The way this story was done here, I don't know. Yeah, but maybe it's like straight out of Pulp Fiction. That oh, you said it, the wolf. Like he's just like, but this is the opposite. He's like, oh no, don't send this guy. Yeah, <laughs> please don't. Yeah, and uh, I believe it's pronounced yeah. Mung. Sorry. Yeah, no. Yeah, like, I knew it we, was pronounced. I know yeah, the end we, was silent. I yeah, just, I, I just, yeah, I just, I just checked, and I believe it's pronounced Mung. Okay. Okay. Yeah, which are people I, I was looking it up where people that live in uh I guess mountainous areas or something like that or a th- a Thailand and and uh different places at uh, different areas I think China they were saying like it I looked it up earlier cuz I just didn't know how to pronounce it cuz yeah. I was curious as to um what what who these characters were right Yeah, they so, are an ethnic group living yeah, yeah. Uh, mainly in Anyways. southern China, Vietnam, Laos, Thailand and Myanmar. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and also it's just it's yeah, it's just great character work. Yeah, yeah and also great. this uh, storyline is the first time I'd ever heard that I'd ever like actually outside of that movie title ever heard the term blood quantum. So that uh, that was the neat teaching moment. Hmm. Uh, yeah, for those who don't know, blood quantum um, is basically the percentage of native blood you have in you. Which oh right yeah which either uh, is I was, thinking, okay. I was thinking of the uh, incredibly dark Coen Brothers movie with the same name yeah uh, yeah the first time I actually heard the term blood quantum was in a relatively recent um, movie I believe it was like a Shutter exclusive uh, it's a Canadian horror film about a group of Native Americans who because of their blood are immune to a zombie plague that is currently happening outside the reservation yeah that's, I was thinking, I saw that movie that was. And plus, a bunch of white people keep showing up at their like they, because of their native blood, they're forced onto this island as like a reservation. But because of that, they're also immune and better protected from the zombie virus than everyone else. So of course, the white people come up to try to take what they have. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, like that was that was really interesting. Hey, even Native Americans can be guilty of appropriation because they kill a lot of zombies with a samurai sword. <laughs> 
uh yeah and yeah that entire thing is really cool like the idea of like like learning like not not the idea of blood quantum itself but like learning about what blood quantum is and seeing how that affects diesel like diesel yeah. diesel's neat right because he was the one as a kid that wasn't accepted it yeah, yeah like, like his like his parents yeah, were he's um well yeah and again and again, i don't think we've we've mentioned it yet He's also a cop. Like we didn't mention that yet. He, it's, yeah, but, it's revealed that this guy Diesel is also an undercover that is also is working in for there and has not fucking told uh, Dash. Yeah, it's yeah, so he, fucked he's not up. told. Yeah, he's not told so Dash, and he has not told <laughs> Diesel that Dash is also FBI. That's actually the part where I felt the storytelling wasn't done well. Is when they they told the perspective from Dash's about him returning him to the casino, and then they went on to tell you the story of how he got there and how he was actually a cop and all this other stuff. I didn't like, I didn't like how that part of the story was told. I thought they could have did that part prior to him getting caught and sent over to Red Crow, but instead they showed you how he got caught and sent to Red Crow, and then they showed you the shitty day that that Dash had as a result of trying to get him. And in between all that, they're trying to explain that his past. Um, I don't. I don't think it worked that well. It got a little muddled for me in that in that certain point of the story. Yeah, yeah, a little, yeah, a little bit. But I, I still enjoy the whole like. I, I don't. I don't know what it is, but like, I like this character of just a guy who devotes the entirety of his identity to like such a small portion of his like like he, like he was he grew up in like Kickapoo heritage. Like his parents were both part of the Kickapoo tribe, and then because he was. One sixteen. Yeah, because he because he was just a step removed. Like the blood quantum was like, yeah, sorry, bro, you're not part of the tribe anymore. And then he just like went whole hog into, yes, I fucking am. Mm -hmm. And just like how that created this entire like complex for him. I just I find that neat. I I I, I like the aspect of his character. Oh yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's it's, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. And, oh, and Dash uh, got his fucking nunchucks back. For, like he's just like a brick shit. Yeah, <laughs> and he's just like a brick shit house. Like this guy got yeah. hit by a bull. Like, yeah, <laughs> like you know is. what I mean? Like so, like he's he's a he's a good opposite for to bump heads, like clash with uh, Dash in this story. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's, Although it's, it's I'm, I got kind of sick of the constant Native American uh, Native American mixed blood people kung fuing each other. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, no, I think uh, oh, I think I think Dash is like full blood native. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I forgot. But regardless, it's like the endless kung fu shit. I got sick of. It was like something out of like one of one of the dumber Tarantino scenes, like 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 that scene from Django where he just felt the need to do horse tricks. It's like, yes, I'm glad you could do it. What's the point? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It- yeah, like the the entire like the best part of that was when Diesel gets hit with a ball. Yeah, like the entire back half of that Diesel issue is almost solely fighting. Yeah, which while it's like blocked off, really neat. Uh, the artist doesn't do a great job of like drawing engaging action. No, at no point in the in the series is this artist good at portraying like intense action scenes which again is not really the point of this series but it isn't but this them. feels like it, yeah, it keeps happening and this one especially it felt it feels like a fucking like later pirate sequel fight where it's like right we started to fight in this building we are now three islands over and still fighting yeah it's like mm-hmm. how did we get here from where we started uh, like we fell off 
building into traffic. We are now somehow in a rodeo, and I got hit by a bull. Oh, and we're still going. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and that isn't even uh, the that isn't even the fight where he arrest. I don't believe that's even the fight where he arrested uh, fucking Diesel in the first place. No, that is that is the culmination of the bullfight is when he actually took him to uh, the first time, anyways, to the casino um, for Red Crow. Okay, that, is, that, that was is not the clear at all. That. And then afterwards, that's the see. This is this is what I'm saying. This this is the part where the story got a little muddled for me, and I had like I, like and because they kind of kept going in circles a little bit. Because after he's meeting with Nitz, he's talking about what happened, but meanwhile they flip back to the part where he basically destroyed the room of uh, Red Crow's casino when he escaped. But yeah. at that, but you know what I mean? Like they kind of kept bouncing around to like three different time periods uh, uh, while circling around the same kind of um, the same type of uh, the same uh, situation that we've already covered, right? It, yeah, it's it, it got a little messy here. Absolutely, I think with these three characters, I like that how he pissed him off though by saying, "Hey, you know, one thing I'll always be is I'm a real Indian," and he, like he starts walking away and he fucking yeah, loses like, it. You That's what he son of a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's I, I like that part a lot because he knows that it gets under his skin. You know, he's just like, yeah, yeah. guess what? Like, you'll never be me. Sorry to say, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that was really great because everyone's, you know, everyone's calling him a white boy. They're like, I'm not going to listen to this fucking white boy. The character like, <laughs> dialogue stuff works. It's just the fight itself is very like Peter versus the chicken kind of. Of like this just keeps going and never ends. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, the next issue we finally get more into uh, the drunk guy who we've been seeing through the entire time. Who around here we learn his name is Catcher. Yeah, uh, the wild card. Yeah, formerly formerly <laughs> part of the Dog Soldiers, um, and he is now, I guess, I guess for lack of a better phrase, well, for lack of a better phrase, went full native. Yeah, he's. Li- off the land he's definitely you know somebody that's like a, a, a traveler like you know what i mean like he's just basically like uh yeah he, he he's yeah like he's, he's, he, yeah he's just somebody uh, yeah he's just wandering like he yeah, basically he just has visions he drinks yeah yeah it's yeah it's, <laughs> he's, it's, he's crazy it's up, it's up for a bit of debate way. whether or not like he actually has visions or if it's just the alcohol well right but he's able to right. like see yep. spirit animals as he puts it, like like we, we see it a couple times throughout uh, his issue, where we see like Lincoln Red Crow, he has like an elk that's like dying and rotted carcass tied to his leg. Uh, we see Dash is like covered in spiders. Um, like the granny who he talks to for a little bit, she has like this massive bear behind her, and then his is an owl. I do not fully understand the significance of these spirit animals. He's vi- so all these visions that he's supposedly having at this point. And, and the and the stuff that it, it it's 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 definitely uh you have to read the whole series like his story is actually something that that you follow throughout to, right to the end and, and and there is always a questionability that you have whether or not these things are all going to come to fruition or not like that he you know what i mean like he starts having like these kind of like these um these not flashbacks sorry like things that might happen like they're even in this issue there's yeah. like a whole thing where they show you a bunch of events that might occur somewhere down the road or symbolism yeah, like, 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 like he sorts. calls gina and, uh, and, and it's like yeah like he calls gina and then like sees like her dead uh like like dino and like a crow picking out his eye uh and then, like the like the crazy horse casino on fire yeah 
Yeah, he definitely serves as more of like the wild card character you can't really nail down throughout the series. Like you don't know whether he's crazy or smart or what. You know what I mean? Like you don't yeah. really know. Like and then yeah. he has some it, goal yeah, like contrary. Progresses. He has some goal contrary to like everyone else's. Then he is just, right. he's just there to like fuck shit up. Yeah, yeah. And then we begin our final issue. Uh, Dino Poor Bear, uh, kind of the poster child for the worst possible things that could happen to a person living on a native reservation. Like his fa- like they spend the time to like point out to each of his family members and what is specifically wrong with them. Like right. his little, like his little brother has fetal alcohol syndrome. Like his uncle is his uncle's like a diabetic yeah. amputee. Yeah, it's uh, just a parade of misery. Yeah. And 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 uh and, and I actually have a question for you guys cuz maybe you know and I'm just I I'm not a aware like i i know that within this community obviously alcoholism and drinking it, it, you know is an issue um but like is there is there is that actually the case that it, they're not allowed to drink in, in, on a reservation because i didn't know that if that's like true or not like, they point it, that like out in this it's a combination of like the treatment of natives on reservations is the worst combination of uh complete like criminal negligence basically and uh unforgiving levels of control because they they exert certain levels of control over how you behave so that you can if you're like not actively working you can engage with the benefits offered to natives who live on the reservation but at the same time if you actually need help in a situation good luck getting uh, a native reserve a reservation representative from the united states to actually help you because yeah. as a again referencing the movie Wind River, uh, uh, the United States government does not collect crime statistics for what happens to Native Americans, particularly women. So if women are on Native American reservations are raped or kidnapped, they don't. It's not reported or recorded. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like in this, they were they 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 do point out the fact that like he seems like he had to leave or go into town or, or like drink away from the like the guy says he, he calls him an asshole the store clerk because he's like drink them outside like as he's buying beers and he's like yeah you, you tell me that every time i fucking come in here like he's like i know like well, right and then like you see them and they're, they're, they're and he's that, right they're not giving a I, shit but like it but but then there was also the mention uh, the fact throughout this that they that they you know they shouldn't they're not allowed to drink on the reservation but then you see the casino like they have like there is certain VIP people that are able to get drinks when they're at the casino yeah, like so I, I just wasn't sure that are the, like it's not right. it's not consistent across the board because every there every um like I did a law course on this recent on for students recently every reservation sets its own rules for okay. how things work on the reservation and how they interact with the U.S. government and U.S. officials, so that can be vastly different depending on where you are. So I'm okay. not a, I'm not opposed to the idea that there might be that might be one or two, several uh, reservations that have um, full on restrictions to alcohol and the like, but partially because of the same stuff that like uh, Dashiell's dad's mom keeps talking about that like all of this is just the ways that the white man keeps us oppressed because mm-hmm. if we're yeah. constantly like fucked up and unable to care for ourselves and we can't help, we can't right. help improve our lives. But yeah, it's the same thing with like a lot of other like marginalized groups where just 
things right. got so bad and then the country's like, hey, we moved on now. This is over. So let's do nothing to help them after we fuck them over for thousands of years, for hundreds of years. It's, it's just right. it's just so much of it is just white people not giving enough of a shit to actually help with the thing they fucked up in the first place and then blaming the people who got fucked up by it. Right. Right. Yeah, and you know, and I only brought it up like I'm not trying to be stereotypical, but I know that is something that has been a plague like like Native American like that, that no, yeah. this like, group um, of people definitely there has been yeah. the alcoholism issue. There has that that has been something that you definitely you know what I mean? Like that has been yeah, an I, issue. I spent a little bit of so time like, like I, uh, so like I think Like after after reading this book, I spent a little bit of time like kind of looking up like what was the like what was the like Native American response to this book? And it seems mm-hmm. to be a little divided with some people saying like, oh, it plays into like worst uh, plays into like, you know, worst ideas and worst stereotypes about what what life's like on a native reservation. Others are like, yeah, I mean, it's exaggerated because it's a fucking comic book and a crime story. But yeah, like this, right. is, this shit, we this shit I have seen in reservations in my life. It, it, and I also actually looked up a couple of things uh, prior to recording of this. And I, I mean, this isn't from, uh, I didn't see these comments from other people. I heard from Jason Arad himself, but he did also point out that fact that yes, like these are, um, this is a crime book. These are people that are played up like the characteristics of like in order to make the like to make the story work in some aspects. And and like he like he wasn't trying to say like this is a hundred percent depiction of like what it would be on. Like he he even kind of yeah. pointed that yeah. out. But he yeah but, this this, but this was there not is, well, there it, is yeah. over exaggerated characters. There is yeah. this was yeah. not welcome to the ur example of Native American reservations. It's like this everywhere. Please take this right. as fact. It is hey here is. This is a crime story. It is the worst people doing the worst shit at the worst times in the worst places. Let me make it as bad as fucking possible. Right. But I, but at least I, what I do appreciate though is that uh, he he they still don't try to a hundred percent shy away from pointing out certain aspects oh, no. of the, the, maybe these type of situations or these people though. They're, yeah, they're, you, fu- they're, you they're fucking exploring can't. things and. Uh, uh, you know, Right, right. So that so so I like the balance is what I'm saying of his approach to it, at least within these issues, because I'm like, I'm like, because because, you know, like like you said, even from the first uh, uh, scene where they're showing his family and the ailments that they are kind of suffering from like that, you know, that could be a, that could be somebody who's suffering from these these things in a community such as this. You know what I mean? Like, so at least they're not trying to, you know, you can't say like this is how it's going to be for everybody. But he's trying to say like, yeah, in this kid's life that's how it is like yeah. you know what i mean so it, like I, it, I don't know i i i, I borders I, on exploitative yeah. like like tarantino or creators like him will often like veer full on into exploitation and talk about the same issues i don't think aaron is going full on exploitation with how he talks about this stuff but he's getting kind of close which i can then understand the criticisms that like to some extent you're kind of fetishizing uh the criminal nature. It's kind of like those black exploitation movies from the seventies. Mm. You're essential. You're essentially fetishizing a lifestyle that did not exist for good reasons. It existed as a way to deal with a horrible situation that people in that life found themselves in. Yeah. So I, not, not necessarily the greatest perspective, but maybe made in such a way that it's like more, uh, 
digestible for a wider audience, I guess would be the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And this is the issue we talked about earlier with, uh, Dino and like the entire time his like internal, his internal monologue has just been no more, no more this, no more that. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. Get the 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 fuck out of here. And then, and then fucking red crow gives him two grand. And then the, and then his, uh, fucking narration slowly begins to change as he's like, Oh, I can get out now, but then I'll miss this. I won't have any more of this or this or this. Like it, it is just like I said, it's kind of fast. Yeah, it's kind, it's kind of fast, Kari. Yeah, just, and it's not clear if the if the book is describing that as like it's a bad thing that he. No, I think still it's, wants these things. Despite I think all the bad shit he has to put up with. I think it's just it. describing it as a thing. Because, because mm-hmm. like this is a thing that this is a thing that happens like not even in not not even just like to just like on reservations or anything. But like, it's just anybody who lives in like a kind of shitty situation. They get used to the shitty situation, and then once they think, hey, I can finally get, like, they're like, yes, I fucking hate it here. I want to get out of here. I want to get out of this dog shit town where nothing fucking happens. I want to go somewhere and be somebody. And the second they get the opportunity to, it's like, oh, okay, right. now I'm fucking nervous because now I won't have anything I'm familiar with. Well, that, that's uh, a similar thing happened for anybody that's familiar with Breaking Bad uh, when he got all the money, the kid in that, is that he basically just went back with all this fucking money to smoking meth, like, in his fucking yeah, exactly. house because he was, like, he didn't know, like, anything with his asshole shit, shitty friends. Like, you know what I mean? Like, because he didn't know nothing else and he was, like, he felt like this is my lot in life and just because I got money now doesn't fucking change anything because, like, what am I supposed to do with all this, right? And, like, I think that's what and, 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 and the that's why I love this scene where Red Crow in this where he said to him, he's like, here, take this money, do what you have to do then, but just don't ever forget where the fuck you came from. Like, he tells him, he's just like, this is, like, you. everyone's trying to get away from here. He's like, I understand it, but he's like, you need, like, he's more like, I'm going to stick it out here, and I'm going to make this place better, but, like, he's not succeeding in doing so. He's making it worse, right? Yeah. And that's, like, that's Dashiell's, like, mom's perspective, right? Like, you're adding to the trouble that we are having within our community right so like it's yeah the whole thing it's just like and then that's that's why it's so sad that last page of this issue where you see him just going into that that house where those yeah, fucking going, friends going are going into this like around, decrepit like church where everyone's on fucking meth and then he's just yeah. like hey who wants pancakes yeah it's just like it's so like defeat defeating like you're just like come on yeah. man like, it's, it's entirely yeah just looking looking at it from the outside <laughs> in it is the most depressing shit of just him walking into this fucking like walking into this like fucking gallery of demon faces in the dark like th- this this is one of the points where the inking actually works really well because like the incredibly heavy inking it's, it's and making it's... it making it just look fucking terrifying yeah because like one person, like, in the bottom right-hand corner of that frame looks like they don't have a bottom jaw. <laughs> yeah. And one of them is just, like, eerily smiling. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I see which one you're saying on the right-hand side. Yeah, it's... Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the dog. Yeah, it's... it's it... Yeah. They look like a bunch of Junji Ito characters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come back and join the spiral. It's... Yeah. It's it's a creepy it's a creepy last page. Just it, it like you feel the dread in a way like for this kid. You're just like yeah, like he's fucked. Yeah, like, like this kid no is never going to get out of here. For this guy, like 
Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, and, and yeah. This isn't really a spoiler, <laughs> but given where he ends up by the end of the story, uh, yeah, it's, it's not really all that surprising <laughs> based on that issue. Yeah. And uh, like, then I, I'm, I'm assuming dead, even having not read the rest of the story, could probably guess what happens to Dino's character and probably be pretty close to the money yeah i'm not going to just like but yeah like it, it is it is a story that has played out in so many fucking like small town communities of just hey i need to get out of here oh i can <laughs> he was up for a drink yeah but yeah then uh last issue yeah. um i guess i misspoke earlier when I yeah. said that was the last <laughs> issue this is the last issue from gina's perspective right before she gets fucking got and this is kind of like yeah. the and this is like one of the bigger uh, points with her character that we get in these first few issues where... Well, yeah, it's, it's the thing that resolves her, her character conflict, essentially, because, like, like she's, not, she's one of the less developed characters, I think partially because Jason Aaron knew this was where he was going to go with her character. But... Um, All right. Basically, her one character conflict is... Her, her two character conflicts are one... She won't save the person who's about to be executed in prison because it would involve endangering herself. And two, she still feels guilty, at least partially, for the fact that her son partially turned out the way he did because she refused to be a mother to him. Yeah. And her decision at the end is meant to address those two character points. But, you know. Oh, man. And fucking just nits in the delivery room with cuffs out. Yeah, that was. See, he's such a piece of. Card. He's such yeah. a piece that of shit. Just, I forgot about that. I I forgot about and the shit eating gritty has on his face. Yeah, and I like, forgot. Hey, come about on, this. escort that yeah, shit that out. Let's fucking go, dude. So... <laughs> and then and then both the doctors see their faces horrible. up and just like, what the fuck are you doing? We're delivering a baby. Get out. <laughs> like that one's a little. T- too ridiculous, but I like that he wrote it in because, like, it's it's like this is how much of a piece of shit this guy is. But I don't know about that. Like, I I, I get it when people are under their custody, they have to stay nearby. But literally beside her, she's delivering the baby. Like, yeah, I was like what the fuck? If I could, I put that baby in cuffs too. Damn idiot. <laughs> yeah, he just he just has like a tiny set of handcuffs like directly outside the womb, just ready to go. Yeah. Uh, well, at that point, they're in trauma territory, basically. But. Yeah. It actually would have been. It actually would have been great if, like, the cuffs he was holding were actually like he actually had a smaller set of cuffs next to the regular cuffs. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been funny. Yeah. Yeah. You don't even have to reference it. Just the artist just drew it in. You know. Yeah. <laughs> just like yeah. Why not? Yeah, or, uh, I mean, oh at God. that point, the only thing that would that he would have to change for it to make it like a parody. Of this kind of character is the handcuffs say native treaty. <laughs> no, it's just God. no, it's just, it's just both the handcuffs are both the handcuffs are colored red. Oh God! <laughs> I painted them myself. <laughs> it's horrible. Yeah, preservation yeah. escort. But yeah, and yeah it's it's so, it's a fucked up scene. It's <laughs> yeah. So as Gina um goes and visits Lawrence in prison. Uh, she eventually has, he has like a horrible dream about what happened uh, and gets the courage to do something about it. Uh, but then the next day, Dino and his friends find her car and then find her scout. Yeah. And that is the end of the, that is the end of uh, Casino Boogie and the end of our reading. Hey. 
Yeah, I kind of yeah, I you know I might I might uh, end up going off and reread reread re the rest of this. Honestly, I I really um I really enjoyed my time reading this despite everything going on currently like you said dead man at the start of the show and uh, everything else and uh and uh you know I know it's taken a while to get together and talk about this book but it was nice to revisit cuz I haven't read this in like I swear like 10 years since I got back into comics um and uh and yeah it's I I still think it's it shows a lot of promise and a lot of uh, great craft and uh, and you could tell that he had uh you know great plans for this book and these characters in this series yeah. and he's in as this is his first full-time gig like it's really yeah. really Again, cool to Jason see Aaron like, can uh, write really strong character uh dialogue and write a really convincing deeply fucked up story about what's going on with those characters uh and I want that Jason Aaron back. Yeah, he, he can do it so long as those characters aren't any of the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. Like, it is and, and it is shocking. It is like staggering how different. Like like not even like fucking ignoring tone because like fucking genres have way different tones. Just ignoring the just looking at the pure quality of writing. It is yeah, I, and this isn't a this isn't a big two thing either because his Thor yeah, no, no big big two oh, shit can like, like be very good. Great. Jason Aaron has written really good shit. Yes, for that's both what of I mean. Two. Like I don't. It's just the fact. That, I don't want to say it's just that. Right? Yeah, right? Like, for whatever not. reason, it's, uh, it's just it's, the Avengers. <laughs> yeah, like even, maybe he can't do his, teams. Even his not really good um, uh, Hulk book is not as bad as Avengers. No, no, I. I I yeah, yeah. Birdie took words right out my mouth. My mouth. That was uh, up to the point the uh, uh, until he started writing the Avengers. That was my probably my least favorite thing he had done, like run wise. Like at the big two was the Hulk. But even that towards the end of the run, I thought he had some pretty good stuff in it. It just for the for the most part for the you know first half of that series i didn't i didn't love it was just it was just weak weak compared to some of his other great things he's done but but th yeah this is something else like i don't know what the fuck he's doing here i'm glad that i we revisited and i was able to read something where like you know what i mean like it's clear that he's not whatever he's become on that book like in my eyes i, I just hope it's not something that continues yeah i i get the i I want to believe that it's just this book. So I just want this Avengers run to end right. so he can go do something else that he might maybe care more about. Yeah. But at that point, then, I don't know who would take over the Avengers book because Donny Cates is clearly set on doing his thing. Yeah. And so is um, Al Ewing. So I'm trying to think who it, who's still at Marvel they could put on yeah. to be a draw to do an Avengers book that would actually be worth a damn. Well, so I can't really just think of anyone. With the ending of this and like coming to the end, we will we may we'll, we will probably be revisiting a bunch of Jason Aaron books throughout the time doing this show, just because sure. he's, he's written a lot of good ones. But just outside of Scalped, is there anything else that you would recommend people listening to this go check out for Jason Aaron? Uh, just just one book from everybody. Let's start with Nico. Oh yeah, Southern. Uh, well, Birdie mentioned it earlier. Uh, unfortunately, even though it is on indefinite hiatus, I would say if you like the tone of this book, check out Southern Bastards. Know what to pick because I, think I can the, go on, but I'm trying to yeah get you yeah, know no, Birdie if he wants to mention. Yeah, I, I like I, a lot I, of stuff. I, I have mine set aside too that I can just do. We give Birdie some more time. 
Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would very much recommend a store run. Like, yeah, like a lot, a lot of the shit he did. Was a book that gets better because the first few issues feel a lot like the shit I hate about what he writes about She Hulk, but he kind of gets out of that as the book goes forward. But the, yeah, but I, I was like, the first I, couple I, issues are like a woman as Thor. Yeah, that that you must suck. That's rough, but it, but like as soon as it gets over that, that's great. But I also mean like the stuff he did like with, I believe he did. Didn't he also do like a Gore the God Butcher? Yeah, that, that's oh, the first yeah, arc. That's, that's the good, first yeah. twelve issues. The first twelve issue arc of his Thor run, I think, is the Gore the God Butcher uh, arc. That's excellent. Yeah, Gore that's the God Butcher is fucking stuff. awesome. And then, yeah. one, and then once, and then once, like they get over the like, wait, Thor, but a woman. Like, like mm-hmm. once, once they get over that, then the Jane Foster Thor run also fucking is excellent. great. I love that. I've read, I've read the whole thing. It's like over 100 issues is run, and it's going to be collected in the first of two omnibuses, apparently, in 2022. I'm going to be double-dipping and p- picking those up, even though I have the issues. It is a fantastic... It's an epic. It's an epic. Like He yeah. he weaves in and out of so many different Thor books during his time on that book, from renumbering to the Jane Foster book, to the back to the regular... The the, the uh, you know the other Thor, Odin's son, um, to like events throughout it. Like it, it is yeah. fantastic. I co-sign that 100%. The only black spots I have on Jason Aaron's Jane Foster Thor run are kind of the early issues where they're like, what? But Thor can't be a woman. Yeah, that's and, Loki's bag. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. and the, the, uh, the very last issue where they introduce how Jason Aaron was planning to write She-Hulk because she guest stars in that basically as the way just... Jason Aaron tended to write her in Marvel Comics, which Ugh. someone should have looked at that and said, "No, let's let's not do that." Let's. Yeah, it's like, hey, wait a minute. Uh, so we're going. To, so uh, Jason, love working it with Thor. Notice the She-Hulk at the end. What is mm. up with that? <laughs> Are you planning on writing her like that? Also, in Avengers. You know. <laughs> if you are, please also don't. one. <laughs> Birdie, you have anything you okay. would like to suggest? I have three possible, and they're all Marvel, so I feel bad about that. But there are good <laughs> just to show that after Avengers, there are good Marvel books he's worked on. So I don't want to yeah, like Thor. Yeah, like but um, his Doctor Strange run. Yeah, uh, Wolverine. What I've read of Wolverine and the X Men. Yeah. I liked. I haven't read as much of it as Dead has, but also his Star Wars run. Huh? Yeah, it's actually surprisingly yeah. good. Yeah, it's a it's a good adaptation. Uh, Particularly uh, the Jason Aaron yeah. Dark Darth Vader book is fucked up as shit, but it's fun to read. <laughs> oh no, he. But it also has the like. He didn't do Darth Vader. Fun of evil. No, oh, he, he did. did. Oh no, that was uh, Gillen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he did the crossover with yeah. Gillen. I can't remember which one of them created evil C three PO. Gillen, Gillen did. Gillen did. Yeah, evil C three PO sounds like a Kieran Gillen thing. Yeah, it's it's Gillen hundred percent. Yeah, and and evil Chewbacca. Yeah, it's um. Uh, yeah, just, no, those just, are all great. I'm just imagining I'm, like evil Chewbacca subtitles, just <laughs> menacingly. <laughs> I, I I've read I've read everything I think he's ever written. So like I I agree with all those are all great picks too. And, 
Right. And and you know I'll I'll even mention uh, something that does I don't think gets talked about as much anymore because it, again it was during this period of his earlier career when he was doing scalps, but it, like you know if you're a, a big fan of the character who's yes very overused went on to be in Wolverine and the X Men he has a great Wolverine run as well that he did that I really 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 love yeah, I've and read I, a I think that issues of that but those are also really it, good yeah 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 so, so Jason Aaron has written. Many good books. Those are just a sampling of them. If any of them, have, if any of them, like if if you read Scalped for this, or have, or like have, or want to read Scalped based on our discussion about it, then please check out some of his other books. Jason Aaron is a very good writer, just not when he's writing the Avengers. Yeah, yeah. it's like again, as I said at the beginning, and Nico has backed me up on it. Neither of us understand why it's, his, his Avengers book is so bad. <laughs> it's it's like the second he signed a contract to do the Avengers, it's like a fucking like brain worm from goddamn Futurama got attached to his head, <laughs> and he and he's only allowed to take it off when he stops writing the Avengers. Uh, uh, yeah, and and and, uh, and and one more thing about it. Okay, I'm I'm, uh, I'm sad to report. He's about to hit 50 issues, and apparently there's no end in sight. I thought maybe he was going to end the run, and oh, he God. says, no, I got plenty of more stories coming. And they're just allowing him, to, because Jason Aaron is one of their only, like, old of the old crew, big uh, writers that they exclusively signed over there at that time. Like, he's one of the last people yeah, of the big I names mean, of people, other, I, other than, obviously, the new ones that uh, have come in. Johnny Cates and Al Ewing and like, everybody Johnny, else. Yeah. Johnny Cates and Al Ewing have both said where they want to work for the like time being. So if Jason Aaron were to leave Avengers, I don't know who they would get. Do they still got Ta-Nehisi like, Coates over there? Writer. They do. Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. I guess that's a possibility. Although. And he just finished yep. his Captain America run. Although people are very, very serious yes. on his Captain yes. America. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So I'm sorry to report that, that he's not leaving the book anytime soon dude um but uh i'm still reading it i mean i don't know because like i said i, I have so much <laughs> wells stored up for him you are so like you are so deep trying, in, like, and like even if the well ran dry you're so deep in now that i feel like momentum will just carry you for the next like 35 issues yeah. Yeah. and again for reference to like again everyone who listens to the site knows that i've had problems with how he's written she hulk oh really yeah yeah i, I know <laughs> i'm very subtle about it yeah you but, never bring uh, it up I was mentioning Nico to Dead before you got on. Um, occasionally, Marvel will like re-release like collections of fan favorite issues for characters, just to like keep public consciousness awareness of those characters, or if they want to do projects with them. They right. did one for She-Hulk this week, and absolutely none of them are from the 2016 series or from Jason Aaron. Really? <laughs> But yeah, I mean, shocking. they're the most recent. They're the most recent iteration of the character. Why wouldn't you want that being yeah. sold? <laughs> yeah, I heard Meg the Stallion got cast in the She-Hulk show. I don't know what really going to do in that. That, already, that is that is genuinely a really for me. I did not know that. Yeah, I That's, did, but yeah. I was like, I don't know who she's going to play because I was running through the list of major She-Hulk-ish characters in my head that she could play. How about maybe. this? How about this? I have an idea. How about this? She's Thundra. Not she's not to Thundra. Thundra, maybe? Maybe Thundra, Isn't... that's a possibility, because they've already cast Titania. Uh, right. And they yeah. know who's playing She-Hulk. Uh, I, th I 
think it's I'm thinking Thundra if they've yeah. already cast Titania. That's I think probably so. the most simple because we'll they're, they're not going to have it be Wheezy. But uh, <laughs> no. having Megan the, the Stallion play Wheezy would be an insult to her and her fans, and I don't think they would do that. Uh, um, okay, so apparently um, she'll be. She playing, is a big woman, though. So, so, so apparently you know, she'll be playing herself. Oh, okay. that's not as fun. Yeah, this so, is because she's like she'll be like a celebrity client involved with She-Hulk somehow. Like, like she'll hire She-Hulk to defend her yeah. or something. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, like. Okay. Well, I mean, it's not. It's not like the, the. It's not like the sensational She-Hulk series didn't have guest star cameos from famous people occasionally. But that's yeah, and I mean, and, and I mean, like fucking like Method Man was in Luke Cage. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, this is yeah, Disney. With the whole they, bullet yeah. holes through the sweater. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then the verse where he rapped like Luke Cage within the world of the Luke right. Cage show was a hero for hire. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I liked when he showed up. Yeah, and, and that, was, that was a really good fucking verse. <laughs> sure, I love Method Man. Like that Method Man is Method Man is a fantastic rapper. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway. yeah, just staying on the Jason Aaron thing, I wouldn't even care as much about how badly Jason Aaron is screwing up She-Hulk, since it's very clear Marvel doesn't care about his take on She-Hulk. If they would just release something with actual She-Hulk in it at this point, because yeah, like it seems like the only thing we it seems like the only She-Hulk thing we have to look forward to that actually is She-Hulk is the show, maybe. Yeah, because even right. in um, as much as I love Al Ewing's uh, Immortal Hulk. He's still going with kind of a more monstrous version of She-Hulk there, but it's for a better purpose. It, 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 it to, yeah. In his defense, though, that is a monster book. Like you know yeah. what I mean? Like that is yeah. the take it's, on. The, you're right. Well, that, yeah, that is I mean, Betty, that. How, that's how that. Betty book Ross was. and Bruce Banner are fucking as it's a body horror heartbeat. And, yeah, and, it's uh, a it's a body stuff. horror book, right? So like I, I could see that like. Yeah, but not in the Avengers. It yeah, not in fucking Avengers. Anyways, and like, yes. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. It's just She-Hulk yeah. is so fun and so much not the mold for that kind of character that I just just everything they're doing with her is just removing everything that made her her. Yeah. And even this story that's going on currently, because uh, as I stated before, Nico got on, uh, we're in the middle currently of World War She-Hulk. Um, even that is not a story where she gets to be a character. She's just an object that gets to be used by other characters, which is just further insulting. But again, yeah, which is why man. I don't get why there are, which is why I don't get the people who are like, this is the greatest thing Jason Aaron's ever done with this character. I want more of this. Those people are idiots. They're either idiots or have never read a comic book before. Yep. Yeah. This is their first story, period. <laughs> Probably a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're gonna go off and read some they're gonna go off and read yep. some like weird creator owned thing. They're gonna go read Man Eaters or something. It's like this has shades of Jason Aaron's Avengers run in it. <laughs> Uh, huh. On that note, no. I mean, well, even Jeff Loeb did better by She-Hulk than fucking Jason Aaron did, but, <sighs> which is a bad statement of things. But, so that, that's gonna do it for this week. But, yeah, yeah. The point of this episode was Jason Aaron is a good writer. Jason Here are some books. Aaron, 
as a absolutely. writer. Absolutely. Absolutely. I just I wish he would get I wish he like I don't know Marvel I think Marvel might just not care about the main Avengers book. And he's like, Oh, well, okay, if they're gonna keep paying me, then I've got like a ton of ideas for like more stories with the Avengers. So I could just keep this going forever and ever and like oh No, it's like it's like Jason is like working on like an entirely other different book and they're just like having ghostwriters come in and write it and put his name on it. <laughs> Jason Aaron presents I, Marvel's The Avengers. I I'm reserving my judgment because I'm saying he is this is all a big troll. He knows what he's doing, guys. <laughs> he knows what uh, he's doing. He knew what he was doing when he had uh uh, what was it? What was it you said? Dead? Like, what does the Tenkaichi Budokai have to do with the Phoenix Force? Or, <laughs> oh God. Uh, no, God. no, no. We just get to the end. This is all a dream that She Hulk was having on her hospital bed after Thanos fucked her up in uh, Civil War Two. <laughs> just go full Saint <laughs> elsewhere. Oh God. <sighs> anyway, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you all for joining us. Um, if you want to. Uh, if you want to contribute to the site and like have a say in how we go th- do things going forward, um, on our Patreon we'll be uh, putting up a poll for two dollar patrons or more uh, eventually to kind of choose, kind of like vote on the next book that we'll be doing for one of these type of shows. Or if you just wanted something that, or just have something that you really want us to do, ten buck, ten bucks straight donation on Streamlabs, streamlabs.com slash prods, that will go right to us. Then we will, then you will get to essentially dictate the next book we take a look at. Uh, and yeah, um. Come on, guys! That would be fun. I would love to do that. I would love. Yeah. I would. I would love. I would love to do that. Yeah, we also have uh, the next. We also have our regular stuff we're doing on the site. Other shows, or other videos, or other movie commentaries, podcasts. Uh, we got a new show coming out soon. Uh, Die a tabletop live play show. Like the next couple Ooh. weeks. Yep, that's cool. Yep, DM'd by our very own caveman. Nice. Can I quickly? ask you a question in regards to d- that Dungeons and Dragons type stuff yes. role playing uh, are you are you in heaven right now with the crossover of magic and Dungeons and Dragon are you like, uh, like in I, love with this whole thing going on there are a lot of really cool cards and there are also a lot of cards that mechanically I don't fully understand okay like I just thought because two things you love coming together would be awesome right like, like yeah, it's, I haven't gotten the impression from what I've heard that this is a a peanut butter and chocolate thing yet. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of an awkward com- combo. Yeah, it's mm. it like because because magic has the color pie. Magic has you know red, white, blue, black, green. Sure. Like that. Yeah. Like magic has that, and so then there are things that sit within that that don't necessarily translate into D and D spells, which don't have the color pie at all. Ah, okay, got it. Yeah, I know a bit about magic, but I don't know any D. Yeah, like that's there, why I, there I is a lot of really cool. You know, sh- there, there's a lot of okay. really cool shit. Like the dungeons look really cool. Um, the fact that like they're bringing in like die rolling, which had which at that point had only been in like unsets, is really cool. And and just seeing some of these like classic D and D things being translated into Magic okay. Gathering cards work really well. And there are a couple of commander decks coming out in um in with uh, Adventures of the Forgotten Realms that look really fucking cool. And men are gonna end up grabbing. Like the dragon, like the dragon barbarian deck looks okay, pretty fucking neat. Right. Okay, well, there is mm. there is cool shit happening. Magic is a good game. I do not believe this set will fuck it up to any degree. There will be a lot of really good cards that I will end up that I will end up wanting to put in my deck and then never do because they cost like fifteen dollars. There's a goddamn monkey that came out like two sets ago that cost seventy five bucks. 
Very pricey, I saw. Yeah, very it pricey. Is, yeah. I want the goddamn yeah, monkey. I have, a, <laughs> I have a guy who watches um, Jesus. the progression of, like, uh, Magic the Gathering cards uh, in, like, tournament play. So he tells me when they're banned from tournament play, which means they drop in price so I can get them cheaper. Yeah, like, fuck. This isn't from tournament play, but Hull Breacher just got banned in Commander, which is the only format I play. So yeah. that's, that's that sucks. Mm. There, there's some, like... Um, uh, red, green, uh, a green, red, uh, uh, Saurian dinosaur card that I'm waiting for to complete my dino deck, but it's still in tournament play, so I can't. It's like too expensive for one card. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, that's enough about Magic the Gathering. Let's end this comic podcast. Until next time, I'm dead. <laughs> uh, I'm Bertie, uh, and I'm Nico. I love you, Jason Aaron. <laughs> Ah, uh, we will. See you guys next time. Bam. <laughs> okay.